2: listening to the Buzzed Kill Podcast.
3: I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work.
1: Oh, it's good to see that again. What's going on, everybody? It is episode 115. Welcome to the Buzzed Kill Podcast,
2: where today's episode is about... The Twilight series that doesn't suck. Yeah, the, the <laughs> non-glittery vampires and it's, super jacked and tan uh, werewolves. Even though it sounds pretty good to me. I to I me. Was say, I was say. <laughs> it uh, <laughs> actually sounds pretty all right. I'm going to go home and find, try to find some videos
1: of some buff werewolves now. Why do they... <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've never seen the Twilight movies. Why do they glitter? Why do the vampires glitter? Um, do you know? Have you seen them? I have. I think that was, if I recall correctly, they glitter when the sun hits
3: them, and that's like the killing them or something. I, I don't remember. You mean remember. they don't
2: burst into flames when the sun hits them?
3: I think it was they start to glitter, and that's like them knowing that, okay, I got to get out of the sun, like mm, a warning same. or that's, something.
2: That's why I don't watch those movies, because a vampire is supposed to burst into flames when they...
1: Don't stay out in the sun too long. You'll get glitter burn. <laughs> <laughs> it's like diamonds.
2: <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway. Yeah,
1: I've seen the, I've seen parts of the first one, and it's, they're, they're not.
2: Plus, Kristen that's, Stewart is just obnoxious.
1: Yeah, she's like
2: dirty hot, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, kind of. I don't know. I'm just like, stop touching your hair for like five seconds. <laughs> she just does like, that's a weird, I've, I've it's a weird acting choice I've actually me. seen a
1: video before of all the times that she touches her hair. It's not even that movie. It's like every acting gig. Like, yeah. she's always it's like like her, touching her face or touching her
2: hair. It's like her, It's like her thing. And I'm like, that's not, I don't know. It doesn't look good. But whatever it's, <laughs> it's not a good look on you Christmas <laughs> It's not a good look on you Teach their own
1: <laughs> Alright so <laughs> We uh, we took a week off last week Had some Had some conflicts
3: in our scheduling
1: Yeah So uh, it's weird We haven't been here in two weeks Yeah It it's, feels strange
3: It feels very strange I, I actually uh, forgot uh, Jim's name when he walked in I was like who,
2: who is this shit? Is that why you called me Squirt? <laughs> yeah I was like what's <laughs> up Squirt? That, that was squirt? weird Hey hi, Squirt hi. How you been? I'm taller Pal. than you are Am I taller than you are? Ah, about, the same. about the same height How about it you're more of a squirt than any of us oh i'm a squirt little mikey over here. <laughs> he's a squirter uh, i mean <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs>
1: mm. uh, so yeah so this is uh this is thanksgiving week uh, yep. tomorrow is the uh, turkey day
2: mm-hmm.
1: so um this is our thanksgiving episode i guess
2: yeah it were we even gonna I I don't even think we had a plan for an actual Thanksgiving episode. Well, in so it's probably good that this got pushed back. We never a
1: week. we never actually have a plan. Some you know, we usually a couple days before him like, oh we should probably uh we should probably do this. <clears throat>
2: I think we've already in, in the past two years we've already done all of the Thanksgiving based horror movies yeah. though. So <laughs> we probably wouldn't have wouldn't have had anything to do this week. So I don't
1: know, we could still do poultry geist. It's not <laughs> we did poultry geist. <laughs> we did not didn't we? No, I mean, granted, it's chickens, not turkeys. Oh but it's no, close we did.
2: Uh, what the hell is the uh, uh, Thanks Killing? Thanks Killing, yeah. Which was brilliant. So good, <laughs> so incredibly good.
1: We, we only did the first one.
2: Yeah. So oh could yeah. Have, we
1: could have done the third one because <laughs> there's no two. <laughs> uh, I was forgetting about well, that wackiness. Well,
3: skip that for year two and save that for year three. Uh, yeah. Then Of oh, the Buzzkill Podcast. That way you keep in mind That
2: Three. That makes. And I, year I meant to three that. of the Buzz to Kill Podcast um what's been going on boys not a whole lot yeah
1: just been working i put in uh 32 hours of ot last week
2: it's like a whole other it's a work whole other,
1: week. it pretty much is a whole nother work week on top of my already crazy work week. getting paid getting paid
3: so yeah. that's not so bad. my
1: my life has literally just been uh just been working
3: just working it
2: mm-hmm. nice.
3: nice what about you uh, I got to, uh, got to meet and greet with Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park.
2: Oh, yeah, I saw last that. Last week. That's cool. How'd you um, guys, how'd you guys
3: get that? Uh, won tickets for that on the radio, actually. Nice. Sarah did. What did, how do you, it's something about your family. You guys are just, you win, Sarah, Sarah wins. free shit all the time. All the time, calling in the radio. Like, she has to, she was worried that, cause she won something for, uh, not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And she was worried they weren't gonna let her have it, because she wins all the time. That it was, like, too close to yeah. the, you know,
2: um. So it was all right. It was it was it was kind of awkward. What does he does he mostly play Linkin Park stuff or does he He did, he he did like a couple Linkin Park songs and... that
3: were like um he did a couple of Linkin Park songs where he was playing piano and singing. Mm-hmm. Um and then uh, at the end, he had like a mashup of a bunch of Lincoln Park hits with his band. He has a drummer and a guitar player that mm-hmm. switches between a uh, guitar and bass. Cool. Um, and then he's got like hip y stuff. It's almost like old school hip hop, Beastie Boys, nineties, two thousands ish, like kind of the kind of beats behind it. Cool. Was it uh, was um, it was it hip hip hop? Hip hop apotamus. Damn it!
1: <laughs> 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 yeah,
3: it was a good show. The meet and greet was kind of awkward, though. Yeah, they just got everybody in the line, and he walks <clears throat> through, and there were the, the the second band was sound checking, so everyone's over here like, "Oh my god, I'm taking pictures of him while he's signing that guy's stuff," and I'm just like checking out the band sound checking, <laughs> and he gets up, and you know, no, there wasn't any like, "Hey, how you doing? What's your name? Is this that," and I go, there was just silence," and I go, "How you doing, man?" And he doesn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was a, so it was just a meet. There was really no And Greek. then you got to take a picture with him afterwards <laughs> and stuff. But we, the uh, the guy that hooked us up with it all, uh, Jerry from Warner Brothers Records, he's the A&R guy. He was hanging out with us for a while because oh. we were like kind of in our own group yeah. with the radio people that won. So he was just BSing with us and super cool dude. Cool. And so uh, now he's, I'm gonna keep my phone contacts and hook up those uh, those oh, Warner yeah. Brothers stuffs, man. We'll <laughs> WB! in yeah, the hizzy. It's weird. I always pictured Mike Shinoda
1: as like a super nice dude. Like I, I always pictured if you ever meet him, or if, if I ever met him, like he'd be
3: one of those dudes that would go out of his way to talk to you. And then, mm-hmm. right, you know, right. on stage he was like that. On stage I'm like, dude, I want to hang out with this guy. And then I thought back to earlier and I was like, no, he seems kind of boring. But look how cool he <laughs> is. And uh, so I was torn. Um, with, guy, I, with guys like that though, they do it day
2: in and day out every, it, like, it's gotta to get
1: to the point where you know it, it, as much as it sucks to say they're just up there doing a job and sometimes I don't want to do my job either you right? know, you're like,
2: meeting a hundred different people every yeah, single night all yeah. at the same time it, so it becomes it's,
1: monotonous you know?
3: <laughs> I wanted it to be different I wanted to sing to him actually and Sarah <laughs> wouldn't let me because I was gonna go Mike Shinoda
2: Seeing that would have probably elicited a response and I'm like, nobody probably does that stuff. Would have been
1: even less key. He would have just stopped and stared at you and just continued walking. Slapped
2: you and then continued on. You're not allowed here anymore. That's it. Leave the show. What about you, James? I went up to Bad Axe for stakesgiving. Ooh. We do uh, in my family just so that we don't, because when Aaron and I first were, uh, were dating and first got married before we had kids, we would try and do Thanksgiving, like like the family Thanksgiving here, and then drive up to Bad Axe the same day. Yeah. And with kids, it's just like, that's kind of a bummer to do. So my family is uh, gracious enough to move ours up two weeks, and we do stakesgiving instead of Thanksgiving. So my dad just gets like 18... Like, 100 pounds of steak. Oh, yeah? Cooks it up.
1: Any any venison
2: steaks ever? Do some... Uh, uh, we had some uh, venison summer sausage. Oh, God, Mike. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, <laughs> no one knows we're talking about. <laughs> no, it was cool, though. Got to hang out with the family. Had a lot of fun and And you found a a fucking
1: stir of echoes room underneath your dad's fireplace Oh yeah
2: yeah that uh (laughs) so it was it was uh, the the night was kind of drawing to an end and most people had gone to sleep and my sister and uh her family were they had left and i was helping my parents clean up and then my my dad starts talking about they've got it's it's a pretty old house and like one whole the whole south wall of their uh living room is a giant stone wall and it's got uh A fireplace built into it and everything and he starts talking about this weird hole under the under that wall and I'm like, What are you talking about? He's like, It's just you ever notice how it's really cold in that corner over there? I was like, Yeah and he takes me over, like he pulls open this bench and it used to be filled with dirt for some reason. Apparently people used to like to grow plants and trees in their house. I don't know. Or
1: bury people. Or
2: bury people. And he starts telling me about like he like he had to pull this brick up and show me this giant hole that just led into like a room-sized chamber underneath the house. What? At your parents' house? Yeah. <clears throat> and then he and then he's like and then he goes into the fireplace and he takes the grate out and there's a pan in there and he said I don't think this pan was originally here. I think it used to just lead into this hole. And uh, like this hole was here and we always used to have fires and I would just push all the I just started pushing all the ash into this it's, hole.
1: No, he started pushing like super hot ash into this hole. <laughs> could be wood down there. He yeah, could start a fire. Was... He
2: has no idea. <laughs> so it's got 30 years worth of ash built up in it. But the th- I couldn't find the bottom of it. I was, I was sticking like long poles and stuff down there. I couldn't find the bottom and I couldn't see how far it went off to the sides. But my dad figures it's somewhere around 8 feet deep and around 10 feet. On either side. Wow! wow. Either so side it's like an house. old school, like a Michigan basement, as they call them. Oh, well, eight feet deep. That's that's a lot. <coughs> but we than have. A but, it's, Michigan but it's basement. like behind. But it's behind the wall. That's actually because you've been in the basement of the yeah, house, right? Right. It's like it's like another room behind the wall. What's creepy about that is
3: that from growing up in my parents' house, I always imagined there was another hidden room. Like I have dreams still where really? I'm like, oh, that door. I forgot about that door. You open yeah. it and it's like
2: this huge space or something. Well, and our house is weird. Our our entire block, our entire block is the only one like it in Bad Axe because you know how, um, you know how my parents' driveway is on one street, yeah, and the front of their house is on another street. So we have a, a narrow block. We're the only block like that in Bad Axe, and it's because our entire block used to be a landfill. Really? Yeah. So if you go under our house into the <clears throat> crawl spaces, you find all kinds of crazy shit. That's like so my, my why dad, haven't we ever done that my dad's like that's probably where Jimmy Hoffa is and we just don't <laughs> know about it because think about it mobs like to use sanitation sure. companies as a front they probably buried Jimmy Hoffa and then built a fucking city block of residential spaces on top of it so that nobody would ever find him so that's the real big gym that's of the, the house exactly that's why my house is haunted Why is there, their house rather why
1: has there never been like a spoof movie about the mob Starring Hasselhoff, and it's just called Hasselhoffa. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Why has that never been a thing? Because that's stupid.
2: <laughs>
3: oh, I forgot to tell you guys. What's if that? you're done with your story, <clears throat> mm-hmm. I had an interesting thing happen to me today. What's that? That I wanted to say for you. <clears throat> so I go to get, <clears throat> <clears throat> get something out of the. So <laughs> I found this dead deer laying in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> I go to get. I go to get some some hummus hummus out uh, of the fridge right today. Right. Yeah. At my parents' house, and uh, when, uh, after getting off of work, helping pops on a job, and I go open the fridge, and this giant thing of, like, gallon size of creamer, coffee creamer, just fell, and I'm watching the slow motion, hits the lower <laughs> shelf, and just explodes oh, all no. over me and soaked my clothes, <laughs> and it was it was like the equivalent of when you see a... It like the vegan meat is murder yeah. and they're going after the people with the fur coats and they're oh. throwing the blood in the fur coats. That's how I felt, but the opposites. Just
2: dripping in the,
3: <laughs> dripping in the
2: milk of animals. That's all,
3: I thought it was kinda of funny and I would share it with you. Boo coffee.
2: Uh, that's, <laughs> good. that's wrong, man. Dude. That's, that's funny. Wrong. That sucks, too. Did the yeah. whole gallon empty out? No, no. it just... It was like... He ran out his just, clothes. My pants, my
3: pants were soaked. Is
2: that why it smells like old, like, curdled creamer down here? I know. Gross. I washed them. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, speaking of things that are wrong... <laughs> let's get into some corrections. <laughs> I was
1: waiting for you. <laughs>
0: stupid! You're so stupid!
1: All right. So uh, two weeks ago, when we uh, were on the show, uh, we this is uh, <laughs> we kind of fucked up. A oh, little I bit I know. Here. I know what you're doing. Um, so we we made light of <clears throat> the forest fires that were happening in California. Yeah. And uh, we
2: okay. So it, it can, was it was actually at the time when we recorded. Uh, because yeah, forest fires happen every yeah, year it's in it's California, and it's not it's something we should necessarily joke about. But we're stupid sometimes. Yeah,
1: and at this at this point, it's like you just you kind of expect there to be some forest fires every year. Right. People that live there can usually smell it, which is why Vito said what he said. Like right. it was it was a very innocent thing. And the very next morning, we woke up to the news that like forty eight people had died. The entire city of Paradise was Gone. wiped off the map, which yeah. is still absolutely mind fucky to me. Yeah. Like how does a how does a whole town just town disappear? Like it's yeah. crazy. Parts of Malibu were up in flames a few days late. Like right. the whole thing was really crazy. A lot more people had been, been like that hundreds of people I think died. Like Yeah.
2: Over the past two was, weeks I've felt even more and more like a dick for <laughs> for that. Yeah.
1: And uh, it's like we just want to apologize for uh being dumb. Yeah, and, for making yeah.
2: light of a situation that we probably shouldn't have made light of uh, to begin with. Yeah. But uh it's been just compounded over and over for the past two weeks. The other
1: correction the other correction for uh, for that same topic is that we actually had Jay go in and edit those parts of the podcast out. But I'm an idiot, and I uploaded the wrong fucking... Yeah. I uploaded the wrong episode. Yeah, every, the original one. So every, apologies for making you do all that work and then not using it. Yeah. You son of a
2: bitch. <laughs> every once in a while on this show, we do say things where when we go back and we re-listen to the episode, we're like, because uh, we... You we're know, pretty crass you know, sometimes. I we're, mean, we're happens. crass, but at the same time, we don't. You know, we're not looking to offend anybody. No. And we we started listening to that. We're like, this is pretty. This is this is borderline. So maybe we should take this part out. So we yeah. did, and then uh, Most our good b- friend Michael here accidentally uploaded yeah. the wrong one. So yeah. our sincerest apologies. We it probably even sounds like we're giggling about it now, yeah. which it's more so nervousness I think, any, than anything. But. Yeah. Our apologies, like we we don't typically apologize think, for the things that we say because most of the things we probably that we should. say, <laughs> yeah, probably. But
3: what's well, um, the thing? You know, you got four or five days, whatever it is, you know, after recording an episode before it uploads, right? And if you talk on a situation, and then something changes in that time, exactly, it, it could be a. a a tornado that happens somewhere and oh we got strong tornadoes coming tonight be careful right. Ha don't let your house get torn up right and then like it wipes out all of
2: southeastern yeah. michigan yeah, and, then, exactly. and then
3: you know it you don't know
2: right so yeah. I, so it's it's i mean it's probably best to just not joke about that stuff for but, sure right but that's kind of what we do we don't we try not to hold ourselves back too much like what you get is so, what you see is kind of what you get with us like a we, lot of times we basically with... say exactly the types of things that we would say in real life
1: yeah and and a lot of those things we say in real life and a lot of times we're we're just trying to make each other laugh right like so sometimes we'll say really bad off the wall things yeah usually we'll edit those out because they probably shouldn't be on Mm -hmm. air um but you know it is what it is yeah so uh the second correction that i had is uh stevie wonder plays an instrument called the harpeggi oh i meant to yeah i meant to look that up that's what it's called so interestingly enough uh he first discovered the harp at Vietnam. He was mm-hmm. there for mm-hmm. Nam in 2012, and there's video of it online. The very first time in he Vietnam,
3: ever... <laughs> yes, J- in, v- in Vietnam. Uh, you've actually been to Nam, correct? Yes, yeah. Nam. Just to save a
2: correction for next week. Sorry, Nam, or oh, two that... weeks if we skip a week again. But and, yeah, and for people who don't know what Nam is, it's the North, North American music.
3: Sounds good to me. What I, is I, it? I forget. I'll look it up in a second. When oh, I'm really? It's North story.
1: American Music Muckers. Yeah, that's it's like that it,
3: sounds right. It, one of those kind of things. So I,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like all like the latest and greatest like uh, recording equipment, like instruments, yep, and that kind yeah,
2: yeah, all that.
1: But the, the video online though basically shows him uh, going national, over
2: National National Association of Music Merchants. Oh, ah, there, there, go. Go. there we go.
1: So he so Stevie Wonder walks over to the guy that created the harpady, and uh, he shows Stevie Wonder sort of how to play it like with his hands he kind of like, throws his hands over it and he can see it and then the guy starts playing it and stevie wonder just starts playing it yeah. like like he's never seen this instrument before it's a brand new instrument and he just like started playing like a song on it like like just riffing a song i was just like holy shit like this dude's an incredible musician
2: well yeah I, he can't even I, well, see what's in front of him well, but yet, that, he knows how to play it that's because if you say something to if you sit stevie wonder down and say something something to him like uh, yeah, the playing surface has an isomorphic keyboard layout arranged in ascending whole tones across the strings and ascending semitones as the strings travel away from the player with a five-octave range from A0 to A5. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> I got it. That's what the arpeggio is, by the way. yeah.
1: He's like, I see what you're saying.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> I actually, it, when Mike. I was at, uh, at NAMM in 2016, I actually ran into Stevie Wonder over there. Did you really? Yeah, you should have been watching where he was going. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he, he uh, in in actual reality, he actually was there. He he just got done doing a, a demo at like the Yamaha or whatever Baldwin pianos or something like that, and he had this whole like crew with him there, walking him around, and uh, that was the only time seeing a celebrity that my jaw dropped and I was just like in awe of whoa that Stevie Wonder it's ten feet away. Stevie yeah. Wonder's a fucking just legend, walking by, you know?
2: Yeah, man, so cool. Yeah, we, yeah, that's crazy. We make
3: we we
1: make fun, kid, but he's. A legend like that guy's oh yeah i'm a big stevie wonder fan yeah
3: until he dies next week and then we have to edit that out of the episode because (laughs) you sound like this no (laughs) (laughs) no do not die stevie
2: just don't. We've already we've already had too many big deaths in the past yeah, two weeks. Yeah, no
3: kidding. Um, yeah,
2: which we'll we'll get to some of those in or a minute one, here. Or one rather. Yeah. Uh, anyway,
1: that's that's all we got in corrections cool, for cool. this
2: week. Well, all right. Well, this week. Um, in case we, I, I don't think we actually said what we're watching. We just said oh, the Twilight well. series that doesn't suck. So we're talking about the first season of the first Twilight Zone. Yeah series so we, the one we that went about, from 1959 to 1964 we
1: thought about taking choice episodes from the entire series and doing it but then we realized a lot of the episodes that we wanted to do were all in the first season so we're like, "Well, let's do season one right and um
2: you know that so, way
1: excuse me that way we can do seasons two and three and four and five right and then the later versions of twilight zone there's you know we can oh, do yeah. this for yeah, a keep, while
2: keep it going Might lots is, of fodder yeah exactly so we uh we started with the 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 pilot episode mm-hmm. And then we moved on to one of our favorite episodes, which Mm -hmm. is Time Enough at Last. Uh, Another one of our favorite episodes, which is uh, The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street. And then we ended it with the last episode of the season. So so we
1: book-ended it with the first and the last of the season, and then our two favorites in the middle. Two of the favorites
2: in the middle. So, uh, in honor of that, Michael went out and bought us End of the World Double India Pale Ale from Crankers. Now, the reason that this works
1: is because not only did two... And a half, I would say, of the episodes that we watched were very apocalyptic and had to do with kind of the end of the world, yeah, and like end of days kind of things. um Not only that, but the Twilight Zone, in and of itself, though they're they're not all like this, but there's a lot of lot of apocalyptic type scenarios in the Twilight Zone series. Mm-hmm. They seem to they seem to not focus on it, but they seem to go back to that well. A lot, and yeah. toy with the idea of, of the apocalyptic things and what would happen, and this and that. Well, no, so I, I figured I, this is this is a good fit for for that theme.
2: Kind of makes sense too, because uh, from fifty nine to sixty four, that's when a lot of uh, like there were there was a lot of crazy shit going on as yep. far as uh, the development of what you would consider H bomb and like stuff, w- weapons of mass destruction sure. and stuff like that. So um, Crankers Brewery is there uh, there's some local boys, well, local to Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Uh and this is End of the World Double IPA. This insanely aromatic double IPA is brewed and double dry hopped with a special blend of the most exclusive hops on the planet. This beer was designed to be consumed before the end of the world, not after it. So drink now, drink fresh, because tomorrow is never promised and the aliens are moving at the speed of light. <laughs> When's the end of the world according to that bottle, Mike? <laughs> the end of the world according to the bottle is July 4th,
1: 2016. <laughs>
2: So, we're we're going against the rules here. Yep. And that's a that's a fine pour, Mike. i poured pour a... to the side, dude. I think it's because it's so cold, it's maybe. It's one inch of beer and <laughs> five and a half inches of head. We, we, we <laughs> love <I'm> like, head. <laughs> we, we may need to let this sit for a minute. Did you tip the glass? Or, I did, or did you just I was, pour straight No, into I was the... pouring
1: onto the side. I think oh it's because it's so God. cold.
3: Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, too uh, if much we, head. Yeah.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna keep making deer jokes, and it's not gonna make any sense and to we're you. Not and and, tell and you and we're not gonna tell you why. We're gonna tell you why either, because it's uh, something.
1: Just, no, just leave it. Just leave yeah, it. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's just something that we can't get out of our brains, and uh, we're just gonna keep making those jokes, and yep. you're not gonna get it. But just just enjoy our joy, and also <laughs> there's, our... there's no joy. in it. <laughs> no, it's not a lot of joy. Uh, so. Are you going to actually attempt to pour? It? I don't let's know. just let's yeah, just drink let's it and then we can it, Let's yeah. drink it this way and then Okay. Get a, so this is We'll get a milk mustache. <laughs> I I hope this I don't know if this is going to be well aged.
1: It's an, it's an, I don't think IPAs are supposed to age no, but we'll, uh, we'll see so. here. They I mean supposed, are they supposed I mean, to smell moldy?
2: I mean really can't can any beer be aged really? We were having a discussion about this on Facebook not long mm-hmm. ago with uh, yeah. a couple of our friends. I it think It
1: smells a little sour, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah.
2: Yeah, this might not go over so well. <laughs> this
1: might not be great. I guys. wish
2: I wish had a clear glass to see if there's any it's like the gnarly sediment the in here. It's the
1: end of the world as you know it. It's the end of well, we your coldness. You know, <laughs> we can
2: report back
3: tomorrow and let everybody know. Oh, I,
1: I, I can go back. I'll go. I'll take the bottle back and I'm like, "Dude, this is like two years old and it's awful." Where'd you like, get this? At my normal store, at, canteen. Uh, canteen, yeah. Wow, every I now can't and then they don't. Every now, well, usually they're stuck. Usually, I've gotten some old stuff before. I remember we got that. Um, it doesn't smell good. We got that cage rattler, which was two years old. Yeah, and that ended up being fine. He gave that to me for free because he knew it was old. Um, I don't think old beer will make you sick. I think it just it just tastes like shit. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, let's give it a try. It all doesn't, right. It doesn't smell very good. <laughs> it just Cheers, really Cheers. does. Cheers. Did taste all right? Mm. I don't know. I think I went. I can't tell because I'm going into it. I don't think it does taste all right. I think I'm going into it already expecting it to taste crappy, so I can't really tell. What do you think, Jay? Uh, I agree
3: I, with Mike. I don't think says.
1: it. I don't think it tastes great. It's weird. Like that smell is is. Yeah, I don't. I,
2: I, no, I don't I think so, I don't Mike. Think that
1: it's great. Oh, I
2: hope you didn't pay a lot for this, did you? Ah, <laughs> oh, ten dollars a bottle. I, might,
1: I, don't, I don't. Well, I'm not gonna crack the other one. I, I will go back up there and say, like, dudes. This shit's two years old. One bottle tasted like ass.
2: Yeah, it's uh, that's not good. Yeah. Ah. He'll crap. Probably, he'll bring probably it back just fill filled me... with our diarrhea that we'll get from it, <laughs> and then and then return it. Yeah, this uh, this tasted like shit. I think this is oh, going yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, it's not no, good. It's not... got that. It's got that underlying like soy sauce taste.
1: Yeah, that's not good. That's bad.
2: Mm, mm-hmm. I don't even,
1: I'm not drinking the rest
2: of it. Yeah, you guys uh, keep talking. I'm so gonna go the, dump this. So for the
1: first time <laughs> in. Uh, in almost in over 2 years. <laughs> yeah. We finally got a bad beer. It's um, too bad
2: too because I like Cranker's beer. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. We'll have to we'll have to find like a a newer, bo- newer version. Actually of check it. the other bottle, James. Check to see if the other bottle isn't newer.
3: Maybe it's 3 years old, then we should try that one. <laughs> maybe maybe it's just not uh, it hasn't aged well enough yet.
2: All right. All right, what we got? The end of the world same day. Yeah. Okay, oh, I'll, I'll bring it back. Well, uh that's gross. disappointing. That's
3: real gross. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode. Good night, guys. <laughs> Cheers. Where'd we
2: get glass bottles? Hope you have a good night. Yeah, yeah, oof. <laughs> I'll try. Try <laughs> to have a good night. Oh, shit. I fucked that up. Uh, yeah, that was bad. I need more. Oh, shit. No, am out of beer. But... <laughs> that's what are supposed to do.
1: All right. Well, uh. Let's, uh, that's what we're talking about. That's what we're not drinking. And uh, let's get into the...
2: <laughs> Am I taking this? I taking yeah, it? I'm just going to let All you right. take it because you're doing a swell job so far. <clears throat> That's what we're talking about. That's what we're not drinking. Wrong. You did the order wrong.
1: Go, go, go ahead. That's Still what there. we're not drinking. That's what we're talking about?
2: There you go. That's let's, better.
1: Let's get into the
3: bleed feed.
2: <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, <laughs> dear.
0: Alright, we we're uh bad.
1: we we found a better beer to drink. Uh we are drinking a leftover beer from another episode. Uh this is that cherry limeade sour from uh nowhere in particular that we had a couple oh, weeks ago. Lovely. That was easily the best beer we've ever had. Cool, so lovely. We are we are getting that stank out of our mouth with I, al- the I also the best I also, with, um, with sour
2: beer. <laughs> I also washed the taste out of my mouth with a little a little bit of Berliner Luft, which is the uh The Der Frisch Pfefferminzlikor. It's peppermint schnapps that Jen bought back from uh, Germany.
1: Um, Or whatever. Speaking of stuff coming from other places. Are you, are you going
2: to fly into your Bukaki
1: story? I am not. I am not. It's coming from every direction. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so my my girlfriend recently just came back from a trip uh, to Iceland. 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 And uh, she brought back for uh, me and perhaps us for an episode uh, straight from the source Icelandic beer. So uh, yeah. does it
2: use water from glaciers? I'm sure that it does. Nice.
1: Uh, you'll, you'll you'll have to learn your uh, your. Your Yiddish or whatever they speak. <laughs> it's not Yiddish. Is it? <laughs> y- Yiddish is... Uh,
3: I think you mean gibberish.
1: <laughs> Close. What do they speak in Iceland? Is I- this Icelandic? Icelandic? Is I don't it, know. Icelandic? Um, because that's <clears throat> what the can is written well, it's a, So it's you'll, a, have to, you'll have to brush up on it. Oh, really? We drink it. Yeah. Oh,
2: it's a Nordic country, so we could mm-hmm. use it for our Norse mythology uh, oh, episode well, if we ever get to it. There you go. Have so, Chancy uh, Pants back for that one.
1: I also picked up, uh, had my brother pick up some beer for the uh, season one of Ash versus Evil Dead when we get to it. Uh, we <laughs> found some get? of the Evil Evil Dead Red Ooh. from uh, um, I forget what the brewery is. Uh, we have it around here at the brewery, but we never we can never find the Evil Dead Red around no. here. So
2: right on. All right, anyway, all right. Well, let's get into the bleed. Here's feed. Here's the bleed feed. Uh,
1: a couple deaths to get to before we get into the news. Uh, first up is uh, rest in peace to William Goldman. Uh, William Goldman was a screenwriter, died at the age of 87. Um, he had uh, huge, huge career. Uh, he won two Academy Awards uh, for All the President's Men and Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Mm. Um, so, yeah, classic. When cinema was actually good, he won the uh, the writing awards. We <laughs> also wrote... Um, Excuse me, he wrote the screenplay for uh, Misery, the Stephen King adaptation. Love that movie. Yep, he wrote that. He also wrote Heat, uh, Stepford Wives, <clears throat> and quite possibly the greatest movie ever made, The Princess Bride.
2: Oh, really? Yep. Damn it, I love that movie.
1: The writer of The Princess Bride has passed away. Bummer.
3: Inconceivable! <laughs>
1: Inconceivable! <laughs> but, <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, like I said, 87 when he passed away, big, uh, big, huge, long life. We're so uh,
2: Dreamcatcher, too? Didn't, you like um, you like Dreamcatcher? Didn't you?
1: I don't know if it's the same Dreamcatcher.
2: Yeah, it is. It's the well. It's the Stephen. It a Stephen King, King adaptation. I mean, if he did Misery, no huh? Dreamcatcher. Yeah.
1: So uh, <clears throat> rest in peace, and the other other death is is the bigger one of the
2: uh, two. Just don't even say um,
1: it. Um. So rest and we lost a, a living legend, like a legitimately a living legend yeah. in uh, Stanley. Uh, I'm sure you've heard all about it at this point. We're a little late to the party. Yeah. Um. But. We still have to pay our respects. Uh, So, rest in peace, Stan Lee died at the age of 95. If only I live to see half that number, I will be happy. Yeah. Um, Which means I don't have a whole lot of time. No. (laughs) Better make the best of it, Mike. (laughs) Uh, Stan Lee, though, if you didn't know, was the Marvel comics like Titan. He, uh, writer, editor, publisher, uh, co-creator of, creator or co-creator of some of the most iconic names in comics, Black Panther, Spider-Man, X-Men, Thor, Iron Man, the Fantastic Four, Incredible Hulk, Daredevil, Ant-Man, uh, Abomination, Doctor Doom. Um,
2: just say all of just them. Just everything. All Nick of them. Fury,
1: Galactus, like Doc Ock. Like every fucking character mm-hmm. is, yeah, yeah. amazing. Uh, I co-created a lot of those with um, uh, uh, Steve Ditko and why can't I think of the other guy's name? I don't
2: know. You need, you need to write these things down. Yeah, I know I do. You always re- you always rely on your brain to try do. and pull these things I, out. I, and I, I, you just, I really <laughs> do. I should. should not do. Your brain doesn't work very well. So, um,
1: Jack Kirby, Jack Kirby, there and you Steve Ditko. Uh, so yeah, uh, I almost said Mike Ditka. <laughs> Mike Ditka. Wrong, wrong, Dick guy. Yeah, um, this
2: was a. It, it was a. This was a, a. sucky one. But 95 years old. I mean. Yeah, come on. you kind
1: of knew it was happening. like like he was one of those guys where it's like he's so old. This is going to happen soon. Yeah, like so. I don't think that it was a shock to a lot of people. He had had some health uh, stuff going on in the last year or so. Yeah. Um, but he already apparently did his cameo for the next like Avengers movie. Oh, really? And so I had heard a while back that he actually films a lot of cameos back to back to back, and they use those cameos and they insert them into the movies. Like they figure out a way to use a cameo. Oh, really? And they were kind of right around it to fit it into the movie. That's cool. Like, he does a bunch of them ahead of time. I don't know how true that is. It's something that I heard. So, if we see, if we keep seeing Stan Lee cameos for, like, the next five years. <laughs> he just years, did, like,
2: 50 of them. We know why. Now, um, I, th- I think that uh, they should get their shit together, whoever they are, and give him some sort of posthumous, um, like, lifetime achievement award. Oh, absolutely. Come on. Yeah. Pay the respect. Pay the respect. Give the man his proper.s I, yes, you know.
1: Make a make a new character. Stan man. Stand man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Yes. Uh, uh, rest in peace, Excelsior, and. Um Bummer, you will, bummer you will be but missed. Yes, you will be missed.
1: All right, so getting into the news for the last two weeks, I cherry picked here, so hopefully it won't take us forever to get through. <clears throat> um, apparently, Dan
2: Aykroyd is stoking the Ghostbusters three fires again. Oh, I just figured you would go past the two week mark and just like do this week's. Nah. Oh, well, that's what I did with blu rays so... <laughs>
1: nah. um, yeah, so Danny Aykroyd, uh, he's talking Ghostbusters 3 again, and he's talking about how they are rewriting a script again that will feature Bill Murray supposedly as a ghost, and this time without Harold Ramis. I almost wonder if they are rewriting the script that was greenlit before mm. with Murray
2: as a ghost.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, could possibly well be. but uh, So who knows if that... At this point, we've heard so many times. That yeah. It's going at this to point,
2: I, I don't. I'll believe it when I see it. You yeah. Know?
1: But I just thought it was interesting. Um, we have uh, the new Child's Play movie. Uh, some information has been put out to the public now. Uh, instead of it being a uh, a good guys doll, it is now being called the Buddy with an Eye doll.
0: Mhm.
1: Uh, it will still be called Chucky, thankfully. But uh, yeah. So your new your new Chucky doll is going to be a Buddy doll. Buddy.
3: Well, the uh, the similar dolls they had for a child, uh, kids when we were when we were young. anyway, it was the my buddy, my buddy, my buddy, my buddy. That's true. That. That? I didn't even think about that. What's that?
1: I didn't even think about that. Yeah. And the fact a buddy that with is, a Y. And the fact that this is AI though. The I like iPhone, iPod, uh, okay. buddy e with the I. I think uh. I get what they're. I think I. They should have called get... it
2: iBuddy. Oh,
1: no, no, no. <laughs> uh, you'll be excited about this. Mary Lambert is working with Paramount on a Pet cemetery restoration.
2: Oh.
1: Very cool. Okay. So it'll be a nice nice, good way to watch that again before the remake comes mm-hmm. out.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, we, uh, we talked a little bit in the past about uh, how there was rumor that Deadpool 2 was coming back to theater in PG-13 form, and it was going to basically play off of Fred Savage in Princess Bride. Yeah. Well, that is all confirmed now. The yep. movie is called Once Upon a Deadpool. Mm-hmm. And uh the trailer for it is amazing. Yeah. And it is absolutely him duct taped to a bed, <laughs> held hostage by Deadpool, <laughs> reading him a story. Yeah. And it could not be any more amazing. Yeah,
2: it looks awesome. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna go back and do a PG thirteen. Like, because they could have just, you know, recut the movie PG thirteen, but yeah. obviously with yeah. I love how committed Ryan Reynolds is to that character. Oh, like, yeah. It's a, it's it's almost like he's like slowly the the lines between Deadpool and Ryan Reynolds are kind of being blurred, and he just is becoming yeah. Deadpool. Yep. And so he's got so much, he has so much faith in the character, and he loves the character so much that there's no way he would have ever just allowed it to just be cut like recut to pg-13 you yeah, know i, I love that they did something different with it
1: it's redefining <laughs> ryan reynolds career too i think like he's always been a bit of a crass c- you know comedic type actor yeah uh, i mean come on van wilder they made cannoli with dog sperm
3: so <laughs>
1: just oh it's still warm
3: <laughs> <sighs>
2: oh. oh dear oh um, dear
1: <laughs> uh anyway yeah he really is becoming the role, though. Like mm-hmm. they're one and the same at this point, and I think it's it's fantastic. Um, yeah. So speaking of uh, actors becoming one with their role, uh, both Robert Rodriguez and the uh, the immortal Danny Trejo are still planning on making machete kills again in space. Yes. <laughs> so if Danny Trejo can just become machete, that'd be better I, for
2: everybody. I mean, isn't he pretty much already? <laughs> he's he's done his time and stuff.
1: What I do love is that the. Uh, the trailer that there was like a mock trailer made for it mm-hmm. at the end of machete kills again yeah and he's got like a laser machete and <laughs> i'm just i just i need to see this i this needs to be in my life and uh yeah apparently they're still planning on making it um that's just kind of here or there news but i thought it was fun um we haven't talked about the nicholas winning ref in produced maniac cop in a while yeah i actually thought that it had ceased production oh really uh, well, we hadn't heard about it in like a year. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the director uh, of it is talking about how it's still very much going ahead as planned. It's just taking a while to get out, and um, he shed some light on how the how they're going to do it. And uh, the good news is is that this is not going to be your straight up remake like we've been getting for a lot of these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, as he says, he goes, they have no intention of making a tribute story. And I'm thinking tribute story is kind of like what people call like the new Star Wars or the new. Um, um, uh, There's another movie that just came out that was uh, supposedly like the new Star Wars movie, and people hated it
0: mm. because it was just
1: retreading the old stuff. Why can't I think of it? I don't know. Not important. Um, but yeah, he, they're not doing that though. They're really going from the ground up and just taking the ideas of the story and building a whole new story around it. And he said it's taking a while because it's a big story that needed a larger canvas. So I think it's going from smaller budget to bigger budget.
2: Well, obviously, which,
1: which would be very nice. Yeah. Um, because if they could do it's it's Nicholas Winning Ruffin. So I love everything that he does. Yep. Um, speaking of Nicholas Winning Ruffin, uh, what's new on Blue Baby?
2: Hey, hey, nothing from him. But uh, courtesy of Amazon, the first season of Blumhouse Productions' The Purge TV show will be available on Blu-ray and DVD on January eighth. Uh, the two-disc release will feature bonus content that includes featurettes, interviews with cast and crew, and a look at costumes and props, and a little peek behind the scenes with a table read. That's pretty cool. I wish more. I wish you'd see more of that. I like watching table reads. Have you ever watched table I reads have. of like sitcoms and stuff like I've, that?
1: I watched the entire table read for actually Star Wars: really? for Force Awakens. Yeah,
2: it's pretty cool. I like. I I, I, like, I personally like seeing that. Mm-hmm. But. Um, uh, next up, and because I'm not doing two, week, two weeks worth of stuff, this is the last one here. Um, Ivan Nagy's 1993 slasher film *Skinner* will be hitting shelves on Blu-ray via Severin Films as one of their Black Friday offerings. Uh, this slasher, featuring Ted Raimi as, a serial killer, as the serial killer Dennis Skinner, will come in a Black Friday—jeez—will come in a Black Friday exclusive slipcover, and will feature new interviews with Raimi. Uh, director Ivan Nagy, Paul Hart-Wilden, and editor Jeremy Kasten, as well as extended scenes and outtakes. That's all I got for you.
1: Very cool. Uh, Speaking of Ted Raimi, and by Ted Raimi was in the classic original Evil Dead, Mm -hmm. Evil Dead 2 Mm -hmm. and Evil Dead 3. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, a guy named Fede Alvarez did the remake of Evil Dead, and uh, he was talking in a, I don't know if it was on Reddit or where it was, but somebody asked him, Uh, where his Evil Dead fit into the timeline of Evil Dead, which is a very interesting question to me because of the conversations that me and you have had a lot. And we we were trying to make it fit in on this and that. And his answer uh, was not what I was expecting. I don't know how he's never been asked this before. Maybe he just didn't give it away before. I don't know. But uh, his response is very interesting. He goes, uh, He says, it continues the first one. He goes, the the coincidences on events between the first film and mine are not coincidences, but more like dark fate created by the evil book. Uh, Ash's car is still there rusting away, as one of the things he mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's very interesting now, because we were always trying to tie it together after Evil Dead 2, because that's when the last time the cabin in that timeline would have been used
2: so it's technically like what we've been talking about lately it's a soft reboot
1: but they never called it that right no one knew that's kind of where they were going with it i wonder if that was intentional but but they weren't really that popular then maybe they thought people would not like it i don't know yeah I don't know, it's weird. But, yeah, uh, well,
2: because people are people are still iffy. It's being thrown at you a lot more nowadays, but people are still iffy about the idea of ignoring an entire series except for the first installment. Yeah. So if they would have said that back then, what was it, 2013 that came out? Mm-hmm. People might have been less likely to get into it.
1: It makes a lot more sense now, too, though, <clears throat> considering how we were always talking about how, well, the cabin would be an absolute mess at the end of Evil Dead 2. hmm Well that's why it's not because it ignores it because it it ignores it there yeah. wasn't that huge turbine that took everything away and the, the monster and all that you know so now i really want to watch the first one back to back with that one yeah and, and with with the uh, with the the re whatever you want to call it uh-huh the re I, it's not a reboot so a re- soft reboot soft reboot yeah sure. um so yeah now i kind of want to do that to see if it if the pieces Gelmore.
2: Let's have a little watching party. Yeah, yeah. Alright.
3: But uh, anyway, that is your news for uh, for this Wednesday. Alright, well with that we will wrap it up with the stupid fact of the week. And this week's stupid fact is that in the United States, a pound of potato chips costs almost 200 times more than a pound of potatoes. Really? If you, if you weighed potato chips, do you get a full pound? There you go. It's a
2: lot of potato chips. That's an absolute rip-off. Especially when you consider you can make your own chips.
1: It's it, it's 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 a delicious <sighs> fact, though.
2: <laughs> we, pay, we pay for convenience. It's really. You ever tried making really your something. own homemade
1: potato chips though? I have. They then, always turn out soggy. Yeah, but you're not a very good cook. I'm a fuck you. I'm a fantastic cook. <laughs> oh
2: yeah, that uh, <laughs> the uh the pork loin or the tenderloin at Christmas last year was really awesome. <laughs> He's staring straight You're through my so soul right now. <laughs> hey man, do 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 you got it. You got a chance to do it better in a couple weeks, so just do it better. Well, All I'm right. actually,
1: I'm actually cooking uh, deer tenderloin this year, oh. uh, and I'm gonna do it real well. Oh it's yeah. gonna be, it's gonna be great. Stuffed? Stuffed it, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah okay. It's gonna be... Boom! That was the news.
2: <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> lots, we're... Of, lots of gravy. <laughs> we're... Oh my god. <laughs> We're going to take a little break real quick and go wash out our eyeballs and, uh, and, and come back and get into the Twilight Zone. Throughout this, you'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic macabre, torturous images that defy description.
1: So Rod Serling is a guy. He's a pretty good guy. A man.
2: He's a he's a man. Consider Rod Serling. He uh, in
1: 1959, Rod Serling uh, developed a TV show called Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that when he when he first had this idea that he realized like the, the, the legendary status of the show would eventually take on. Yeah. Like, here's a dude that was probably just into sci-fi, you know, it was the 50s, you know, the, the the B-movie sci-fi stuff was huge at that point in time, you know, mm-hmm. like back in the 40s and the 50s and whatnot. And um it was perfect timing for uh, a show like this. And I'm hard-pressed to say that we would have a lot of the anthology type TV shows and movies and whatnot uh that we have today without shows like The Twilight Zone. Yeah. You know, I it, it's a benchmark in, in that type of storytelling. It, it's a it's um, I don't think there's anything else quite like it on TV at the time,
2: at least in TV form. Not at the time, no. I mean, there's obviously there's been copycats since, oh, yeah. and there's been uh, other you know reboots of the series of the Twilight mm-hmm. Zone, but yeah, nothing exactly like it, I don't think.
1: Yeah, um, and uh, and yeah, it was just <clears> it was <throat> just awesome. And even going back now and watching these episodes from the late '50s, uh, they hold up, man. Yeah, like they're really well written and they're really good. And you get guys like Burgess Meredith. And i love Birdie like Meredith. like i know that's hands down your favorite episode yeah um it's my second favorite next to the monsters are due on maple yeah that one i think is my my absolute favorite mm-hmm. um and but we'll get there as to to, to why mm-hmm. um but yeah so what we decided to do is is start at the very beginning the very first episode of the twilight zone that people would have seen aired on tv We'll bookmark it with the first one and the last one and then we'll talk about our two favorites in the middle. yep of the uh, first season. So the very first episode that we we're talking about is episode one. Uh, it's entitled "Where is Everybody?" It's from 1959, directed by Robert Stevens. The uh, synopsis here is that uh, Mike Ferris finds himself alone in the small Oakwood town and without recollection about his name, where he is or who he is, Mike wanders through the town trying to find a living soul. The tension increases and Mike has a breakdown.
2: Lots of tension. Lots of tension. Um, yeah, I mean, just, just starting off, like just jumping off, this is, I think this is, it's, it's a very relatable kind of, like Twilight Zone is not, you know, we watch it now and it's not scary in like, you know, like The Conjuring yeah. or, or like, uh, or what are other scary movies? like? it's not, it's like? not
1: scary <laughs> or fear or terror in the way that we would look at it nowadays. Right.
2: It's, it's, it's much more, uh it's much more visceral fe- fear it like taps into your your very base emotions mm-hmm. and, like one of the one of the scariest ideas is being completely alone yep and that's what this one kind of taps into so this guy he's it just opens with him walking down a, a country road and um, he comes across he comes across a diner he's calling out he wants some eggs and some ham he wants some coffee but he can't find what? any much <laughs> what? <laughs>
1: what the he cracks me up in this. So he so he walks into this diner, right? He's walking down the road, sees the diner, goes in. There's clearly nobody there. He's mm. yelling for people. There's no one there. He jumps behind the counter. There's no one there. He goes to the bed. There's nobody in this place. And he knows this.
2: Well, he doesn't know for sure. No, I does, mean the place, around. There's the, no the place one there. Is, the place is open. There's got to be somebody somewhere.
1: But but there's nobody responding to him. There's nobody acknowledging that they know that he's there. Hey, you got and a the, customer here. But then he just starts ordering his food as if they can hear him. Some it's eggs. wants like, <laughs> well, some
2: eggs and ham. Eggs <laughs> Who, over easy. Who is he talking to? Who's going to make him these eggs? Also, he... Like, what, what are he, you doing? <laughs> also, he hops the counter, and he's yelling out these orders from in the kitchen. You're now a trespasser, sir. So like, <laughs> or you're so in the kitchen, just make your own damn breakfast, make your you own lazy son of a bitch. He helped himself the coffee. <laughs> it's like, probably what's going to happen now is somebody's going to walk in and see this dude just yelling from inside the kitchen, and they're going to mm-hmm. blow you away instead. But, uh, or they're going to walk in, and
3: they're going to see him back me on the counter, and they're going to be like, hey, you, make me some eggs <laughs> and bacon. I need some eggs and
2: ham I'm here. talking to you. <laughs> Um, so one, one little, uh, one little thing to take note of that happens in this diner is he, he kind of goes to walk past the counter and he knocks a a, a clock onto the ground Yes. and uh, he picks it up and he he looks at it. The clock is shattered and it's Mm -hmm. stuck on the time 615. So not only is he a trespasser, but he's also now damaged property. That's not his, but take note of the fact that it's 615.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: Um, so he kind of he starts asking like I know there's a town up the road. Do you know what it's called? Blah blah blah. No, he's he's not getting that. any answers, yep. so he just decides to trek on down the road. and Ends up at this town. Which did it look
1: familiar to you right away? Um, not right away, but the second I'm gonna, you said I'm what, gonna what ask, it was, I'm gonna
2: ask Jay. Do you, did it look familiar to you?
3: Uh, it did slightly, but I couldn't pinpoint where uh, couldn't, it was from. Couldn't pin. Okay, I
2: I looked at it and I I, I honestly had never read this or anything before. I just yeah. looked at it. No, yeah, did. And I said, I said, that really, really looks like the uh, the town square from the first scene in uh, Back to the Future. Well, not even the first scene. Not the fr- I mean, uh, it's it's uh, pretty, pretty prominent, but yeah. like when he's first like skateboarding into town yep. and like you see the whole layout of the town square, that's, I was like, it looks so familiar. And it looks we just like that.
1: Ended up looking it up right when we were sitting right there, and sure as shit, it's on, was it the Warner Brothers back lot? Or uh, the no, they they or did. was it?
2: I think this episode was the only one that they didn't do at the Warner Brothers lot. So, yeah. Uh, uh, it says
1: the town square. Uh, the town square was uh, set. Was later used in Back to the Future. Um, they had suggested. So it's back, back to the Future
2: is Universal, isn't it? Yes. So it would be the Universal sound lot.
1: Yes. If we're wrong, that'll be a correction. But it's the Which, same same backlot though. That that was from. And also Gremlins was filmed on oh, the yeah. exact same back lot. So yeah. a lot of the city scenes in Gremlins. Now, the <clears> one <throat> one thing that's different about it though is the clock tower, uh, in this Twilight Zone episode, the that the, the facade on the top, mm-hmm. it's not the facade, but the roof area on the yeah. top uh, where the clock is, is not on the building. It's like in, a church
2: steeple. Yeah, right?
1: yeah. It's not on the building, though, in the Twilight Zone episode. Right, right. That was something that was added later for Back to the Future. Right. So it looks a little different, but all the other markers are there. Like the, mm-hmm. Where the... Uh, um, where the theater is,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, where the there's some other stores down that strip. Yep. If you look at the roof lines, you can match the roof lines up perfectly to certain scenes and like Back to the Future and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool.
2: Um, so he's he's walking around this place, can't find a damn person. Nope. Uh, he keeps he keeps kind of mentioning like, uh, that he feels like he's being watched. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: kind of talking to himself, and he's like, I just can't shake the feeling that I'm being watched. And I, th- this episode. Despite the fact that I said it's not really scary, I, I do think it is creepy because can you imagine being in a town where you're, you, you're seemingly completely alone, but then you walk in, like he walks into the, uh, the uh, uh, police station and he's looking around and then he looks at the counter and there's a lit cigar still mm-hmm. smoking. It's like that means somebody was just there. Yep. So what the hell's going on? Like why can't I find him? Yeah, it money? would
1: be weird. I don't think I could sleep at night. Like I don't no. think I don't think that I could feel comfortable in a place like that.
2: No, so many things would be running through your mind like did the rapture happen and I'm the only one that was left or end of the world. Like why or, or just like the 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 idea of like mass disappearance is something that really creeps me out like mm-hmm. the story of Roanoke oh, I love Roanoke it scares the shit out of me mm-hmm. like what the hell does Croatone mean mm-hmm. <laughs> like what like why is everybody gone that's weird it's such a weird thing to happen so this does tap into a very like kind of you know like I said a very base sort of fear
1: you would love <clears throat> um you would love this movie called Yellow Brick Road it is all about Tell it me. is all about yeah it's like, um it's all about basically Roanoke. It's them trying to find <laughs> what happened to the, the the Roanoke people, the city of Roanoke.
2: Oh, I thought I and there's like some weird noise from the sky happening yes, the whole time. Yeah,
1: yeah, And I'm not gonna give away the I don't I don't want to give away the end of it because aren't it's a they really actually cool, traveling
2: down the Yellow Brick Brick Road though? Like isn't it? Well, way to give it called, away. What's called it's Yellow called Brick yellow, Road. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's a stupid
1: title. It literally mixes though the story of the disappearance of Roanoke and the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. It's fucking weird. It's yeah. awesome though. It's really, cool. really good. Uh, yeah, he would probably like that though. Um, anyway, yeah. So he's so he's in this town or whatever. He goes in like the, the the cop shop and like there's the the this, the cigar is lit. It's all fucking weird. He runs into a phone booth at one point in time because he hears the phone ring. Yeah. And uh, he picks it up and he gets, and he starts to hear this woman talking and he's trying to talk back to it, talk back to it. And then finally he goes, "This is just a recording." Mm-hmm. And he looks super butthurt over the fact that it's like, <laughs> that it's like you know, that it's a recording. But then he does the same thing on the phone they did in the diner. He knows it's not real, yet he's still trying to talk to it as if it's, <laughs> as if someone's going to respond to him. Well, you'd be
2: going crazy, kind <laughs> of, because he doesn't... I, did, I You already mentioned he doesn't know who he is, right? He doesn't even know his no, own name. No, he has no idea. He doesn't even know what he looks like until he gets into a, another, like, an ice cream shop later and sees himself in the mirror, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it, if you're in this complete... St- state of confusion like you'd be desperately trying to reach out to anybody even if it was this, this weird recorded voice on the other line true um th- that scene I always thought that scene was kind of funny because he uh, I was like what a weird quirky thing to kind of throw into this scene because he runs into the he runs into the phone booth and then after he's done uh, like he looks through the the um, the phone book mm-hmm. and does a couple things in there and then he goes to leave the phone booth and he's like pushing on the door, pushing, pushing and he can't get out and he starts (laughs) like pounding on the door and then he just stops and he pulls on the door (laughs) and it slides inward and then he's like oh shit, that's actually based off of something that happened to Rod Serling in real life oh yeah? yeah he was at an airport and he went into a uh, he went into a phone booth and as he was in there, he heard over the loudspeaker that his flight was boarding. So he freaked out. <laughs> so he's like, he he starts uh, pushing on this thing trying to get out. And he's like, Shred, I'm stuck in here!" And he actually called a passerby over, and the guy came over and uh, started. Or, uh, he said, "I'm stuck in here," and the guy kicked the door inward. But that's the way that it actually opened. So he <laughs> he looked like a hero because it 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 was supposed to open that way. But what what oh. There's a lot of sediment in that beer. There is
1: a lot of sediment in this. beer. Is it
2: supposed to? Oh wait, that's that's brewed with orange zest and lemon though. I'm guessing oh, the it's supposed to. be. Yeah. Okay.
1: I was gonna say, I'm like, we're just not having a good time with beer tonight. Is it, does it taste gross? Um, I don't remember what it's supposed to taste like. To be
3: honest with you, like orange and lemon zest. I don't know. Well, it's the biggest bar night of the year, and that's just the Lord telling us we shouldn't be drinking <laughs> yeah. before driving because those police officers are gonna be out there tonight. And happy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure there's going to be... Just stop drinking
2: beer, Mike. We're the Buzzkill (laughs) Sobercast tonight. (laughs)
1: The the, the Soberkilled podcast. Uh,
2: um... So anyway, he he stops being a dunce and he gets out of the phone booth and uh, makes his way over to a theater because all of a sudden the lights come on in the town. Mm -hmm. Goes over to the theater, goes in, there's a movie playing, so now he knows there's got to be somebody up in the projection room. So he goes to check the projection room. Can't find anybody up there, and at this point, he's just like completely losing his mind, mm-hmm. which kind of leads into the end of the episode. So, uh, without giving away the end of the episode yet, I mean, we could talk about yet. the end of the episode. But what well, were what, what did you guys think of this one?
1: I I loved it. I thought that uh, it, and it's it's a very Last Man on Earth type of feel, uh-huh. and they actually even reference that in uh, in the episode. There's a whole book stand <clears throat> that has just all these copies of The Last Man on Earth yeah. on the book stand. And um, which makes me wonder if, well, actually, you know, we'll get back to this after we talk about the ending. Um, I got a, I got the same feeling in this movie that I did with watching uh, Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And that is that it would be so cool to have nobody else around because you could, like, I'm not, like, like, in times of crisis and whatnot, I'm, like, all about, like, not looting, you know? Yeah. But if you're the last person around, I'd be going into every single building on that strip and just having a good old time. Like, eating all the food, taking what I wanted. Like, I would just be doing everything.
2: But what if you had this this ever-present feeling of being watched? Then you might not be so...
0: That's true. You
1: that's might true.
2: not be so excited about going into all the places. That's true. Because that's what he kept saying. He's I'd like, give it like feel, a week. I'd like give I'm it be, like a week. Yeah, just hang out for a while. I'd be like, <laughs> hey, listen, it's going to happen in a week, so if you don't want me to do it... I think within a week, though, you'd, you'd go crazy. Yeah, Probably solitude well not even solitude. solitude can be nice but like loneliness is a weird thing yeah because it's it's weird how as humans we we kind of need other people around or we will go completely nuts which is kind of what happens at the end of this this episode
1: yeah yeah um the theater too though he goes to the theater at the end and that would be the first place that i would go i think
2: just go watch some movies. I think so. Yeah. Well, <laughs> for if free, you don't have to if pay you're, anybody. Well, that, and if you're nice by yourself. Room.
1: If you're by yourself and you're bored, what better thing to do than to go watch a movie? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I you can get human interaction from the people on the screen. You can feel like you're hanging out. You can hear other people's voices.
2: I don't think like, I. I feel get, like
1: that'd be the first thing I would do.
2: I don't think I could do it just because um, sitting, sitting in a movie theater by yourself. When mm-hmm. you don't know what's going on but you feel like you're being watched it would be you'd feel very vulnerable you know oh, you'd what sit I mean in the back corner Maybe uh, you could
1: see the entire theater
2: yeah I guess you could do that
3: <laughs> it'd still be weird though it would be weird yeah yeah. I would just do like Will Forte in the Last Man on, on Earth show. Did you ever watch that show? A little bit. I watched like the first season when it came out, and then I was like, eh. But he gets like the cars, and he's playing bowling with cars and stuff like that. And he's like, yeah, just drive this car, put it on there, and smash it in and blow this stuff. It's up. Like he sends the car on its own, like yeah. ghost riding down the yeah, street. Like it then had like bowling pins set up with like a, whatever other cars or something. It would. I've, it
1: I've would not be... seen that, but it sounds like he is doing exactly what I would do. Like yeah. just to have fun.
2: Like it would be kind of fun to. I mean, like. Like, if there was no consequences. Correct. Destroying stuff's kind of fun sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> all the time. All the times.
3: <laughs> oh. have, um, uh, have you guys ever been in a situation like that where you felt you were all alone? Yes. or? Yes. Explain.
1: Um When I went to Columbus to go see the Smashing Pumpkins uh, a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. being my brother. Um, no, it's not exactly like this, but it was super weird because we the, the show was on a Sunday night. So Monday morning... We woke up and went to get breakfast at like a, a diner down the street, mm-hmm. and it was the weirdest fucking thing. Our 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 hotel was right down the street from the Blue Jackets um, arena. Mm-hmm. It was a ghost town. Really, at like nine eight thirty nine o'clock in the morning, absolute ghost town. We were walking the streets. We walked probably about a mile to get to the place mm-hmm. to the diner. No, there wasn't a car on the road. There was nobody walking. Really, it was. An absolute ghost town. And I even looked at my brother at one point in time, and I said, "This is what it's like in movies when, <laughs> when like you're in this big metropolis type area, and there's just nothing." I've never seen a just, portion of a city.
2: You're waiting for just like a horde of zombies to come dead. around the corner. Or something. Yes,
1: yeah. Like I've just never, I've never been in that situation. But he was excited I was for really it, really, yeah.
2: right? <laughs> it was just super weird. Yeah, that's crazy.
1: Super weird. It wasn't until we got closer to the diner where we were at, where there was a couple of other restaurants. Started to see some people. people, yeah. But even still, there was no cars. Not I mean, we were, there, we were there for about an hour, By the time we got out, there was a little bit more movement, but yeah. still, it was, yeah, just really, really weird. Wait, uh. did you
2: say the show was on a Sunday? Yeah. So, Monday, yes. nobody that's, was out? That's
1: why it was so weird. That's weird. Yeah.
2: it was so wasn't like Labor Day or anything like that, or? Nope. Huh.
1: It was super bizarre. Strange.
3: What about you? Have you ever had anything uh, like that? I think the closest that came to it, it was a few years back, uh, my buddy likes to, has a cottage up north in the Huron uh, National Forest. Mm-hmm. And we went just hiking out there one day, and it was getting close to dark, and he's like, well, this is the little two-track trail we walked in. Over that way's the road. We're going to walk directly towards the road, turn around, and walk back, and we're about 50 yards apart from each other. And I'm walking, and I get to where I think the road should be. Don't see it. I already passed this. I was like, okay, well, there's the big birch trees, the white birches I have to walk back towards. Walked back towards him. These are different white birches because there's <laughs> pines in the middle of them. And it's like the road, our little hiking trail. Wait, and so as far as you knew it, you
2: walked straight okay. and then turned around and walked straight back? And yeah, it was but, different but you're trees? like,
3: okay, well, there's a down tree here. I'm going to turn to the right just a little bit yeah. and then compensate back left. And it's like the road, the trail we walked in and hundreds of miles of forest, right? Yeah. Um. So it's getting dark and I go, I'm yelling for him and i go and he's not separated yeah yeah we were we were apart from each other like kind of just checking this area out and uh so i'm yelling and i'm getting no response and I go, oh my god! Like I got a little, little panicky. Like yeah. this kind of stuff doesn't usually freak me out. But we left the walkie-talkies in the car because we're only going right here, real <laughs> quick, in and then back. You know, <laughs> cell phones don't get any reception up there. Yeah. So I did what any man would do, and I fired off my gun a few times <laughs> <You really? laughs> into a tree. And uh, and shortly after that, he thought someone was shooting. Hunting or something nearby that they weren't supposed to be because mm-hmm. it wasn't that season, and he freaked out, ran to his car, and hit the key fob. And And you followed that back to the. And I followed the sound. How far off? How far off trail? Like how far away were you? Uh, a couple hundred yards or something. Really? From, each, from each other, from where the car was at.
2: That's wow. crazy. That doesn't so sound, it, wasn't, it doesn't. it doesn't sound that like a lot, but when you're in deep forest, a couple hundred yards, like that's yeah. that's a how long she, way.
3: Haven't you seen the Blair Witch?
2: I have.
1: Yeah. You were stuck in a time loop, my friend. I was.
3: <laughs> well, we came across that Blair Witch uh the
2: tr- tree thing was hanging that the in the same in a, tr- yeah, same, sa- trip? same woods. Yeah. Oh yeah, that would be freaky then. Yep. And did so, you ever feel like did you ever feel like he was just messing with you, like hiding behind a tree somewhere, watching no, you freak because out? We
3: would no, because we went just uh, different directions mm. purposely. We're like, you walk this way a little bit fifty yards, you walk that way fifty yards, we'll turn around and meet back, you know? Yeah. Um and I just got
2: turned around and kept going deeper and deeper into the woods. That's spooky. You never really think about that that much, but like getting lost in the woods is a very real oh, it's threat, terrifying. and it's like super scary. Oh yeah, you know. Oh yeah. There uh, actually uh, at the beginning of this week there was there was a hunter, who he was out in an area who he, he was on state land somewhere, but he, he knew the land pretty well. Mm-hmm. Somehow got turned around, and went missing for like a whole day. And they sent out a a police helicopter, and they finally were able to catch him. It was like 4 a.m., and they they caught him with the night vision. And he was just, like, he was dehydrated and, like, freezing and just stumbling. Like, he was right on, like, knocking on death's door. And they ended up, they found him with the helicopter, ended up sending some some, uh, rangers out there, and they had to build a fire on the spot because he was hypothermic by the time they got to him. So they had to build a fire on the spot to warm them up, and then eventually they came and airlifted them out of there. Wow! Pretty crazy. So, back to uh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, so So to um, the ending
1: here. So you come to find out. He's freaking out in the, is it in the theater when he's, when he No, he,
2: he runs out into the middle of the town square and he trips and he falls on the ground and he's finally just laying there going, Any, anybody, somebody, please yes, help yes. me, help me. And it kind of just ends with him yelling, help me, help me over and over and over. And then cut to, and it's very jarring because you don't know what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. Cut to just a bunch of suits watching, watching him on a monitor from somewhere and listening to him scream for help. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what the hell is going on? And then all these guys walk out into this giant bunker, and you can see this—it's uh, like an isolation chamber, yeah, sitting in the middle they're of this basically bunker.
1: Basically, training to go up in space. Yeah, is what it was. his a training module. Right. And and he was in there for I think two weeks. They said four
2: hundred thirty-four hours or something like yeah, that. Yeah.
1: And so he cracked. He mentally cracked. Right. Uh, and speaking of cracks, you talked about the clock in the beginning. Yeah. There's a there's a clock in the middle of his capsule. That has cracks in it, and it's at six fifteen.
2: And he's kind of tapping on it, like he he shattered it with his yep. fist or something. Now, and
1: one thing, one thing they do in this that they don't do in at least they mostly don't do anymore in movies mm-hmm. is they draw a lot of attention to it. Like there's a character that actually says, "Look at the clock. The glass is cracked." Yeah. Like they actually they call it out. Nowadays, yeah. I feel as though they would just they leave, would it, leave there it there and they would you, let you figure you it, to it to
2: out. Notice. So my question about that was, um, so in the delusion. Mm-hmm. The, the clock at the cafe broke at 6.15, and the clock in his isolation chamber was broken at 6.15. Yes. But he was laying there with his eyes closed, so, it, so maybe one of the last things he would have seen was the clock at 6.15 mm-hmm. right before he broke it. So does that mean this entire delusion, like this entire thing where he basically spent an entire day in this town by himself, did it all happen within a minute? Like, you no, know, how, I think you know just... how dreams, you know how, like, you, you fall asleep for a half hour and it feels like like you'll have a dream where you actually live out years of your oh, it's life. It's like that
1: space hopping thing, that story yeah. I told you about that one time. You know
2: what I mean? So, yeah. like, did, did, did it all happen within just, like, a minute?
1: No, I think it was more, like you said, it was the last thing that he saw, so that just stuck in his head, mm. is what I think. Because mm-hmm. they were watching him go through all this process on the screen. So I think that they were right. they were watching him kind of descend and they wanted to see how long it would take him to
2: yeah. fully break. And basically, which is what you're
1: watching during the uh, during the episode, right?
2: And basically, what they were doing is so it, this was ten years be, before the actual uh, you know moon landing, mm-hmm. and uh, what they were doing is finding out uh, if a man was in complete isolation, how long he could last before he cracked. Because they said uh, at the, they said 434 hours, that's enough to go up to up to the moon, orbit the moon ten times, and come back. Mm-hmm. Which fun fact that's actually three times longer than it actually takes to go up to the moon and orbit and oh was moon, it and, well be, they didn't know back then, you know, no, oh, that's true, so they were just kind of they were just kind of guessing at that point,
1: yeah, you know what the the end of this reminded me a lot of what uh the second I think it was the second cube movie where at the very end of the of uh, the second cube movie you have that mil- the military people that are waiting for oh uh, was the, it, that was it the girl. second one I or think the it third was, one I thought the third one was. The third one was the one where they have the two people outside the cube, and it ends with that. I'm pretty sure that I it was remember the second one. Regardless of which yeah, way, we, one the, the of the mil- cube movies where they're though. in the
2: military installation. It, it yeah. very
1: much reminded me of that, uh-huh. though, yeah.
2: Yeah, totally. So. Um, well, I, I guess just one more thing to wrap this up on. Uh, there was There was an idea from Earl Holman, who played uh, Mike Ferris. And the idea was kind of written into the original script by uh, Rod Serling. And I actually, I actually kind of like this idea. I think that it would have made it would have blurred that line between reality and, and, and the Twilight Zone a little more. Mm-hmm. because Earl Hallman suggested to Rod Serling that when he was in the phone booth, he said, "I should tear out one of the pages from the, from the phone book and take it with me. And then when he wakes up in the isolation chamber and they're taking him away, he reaches into his pocket and the page from the, the book is in his pocket. Because then it would have like it would have kind of crossed the lines between the delusion and the real world. You know, and it I would mean? make
1: sense if he goes to the fifth dimension. Right, like there's there's it, it's real. Right, you know, it's not just in your head.
2: I think I actually kind of would have liked that. I, I agree. Ending a little more. What a twist! What a twist! But uh, Rod Serling wanted it to be based more in reality even though his original script involved him... Getting a ticket from the movie theater and finding the ticket in his pocket at the end.
1: Oh, so it was the same idea.
2: Yeah, same idea, but he ended up rewriting it to be more reality based. Ah, uh, so gotcha. I think I would have liked that though. I agree. So anyway, that is where is everybody? All right. So uh, next, that's the first episode in the Twilight Zone. Yes. Yeah,
1: so next up, we're skipping ahead to episode eight, uh, and this is a uh, this is an episode that is James's personal favorite. My personal uh, favorite. Called time enough at
2: last. And also near and dear to our hearts. If Very you were if you were on our Instagram, this. This week, Mike Mike posted a, a little video of uh, our band, Time Enough at Last, playing uh, one of the songs that are at one of our shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw this I saw this episode when I was a little kid, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. I love the the concept of it. Uh, it's tragic, like it really, really. It's sad. It's, it still hits it's me so pretty hard sad. every time I see it. <laughs> Plus, I love Burgess Meredith. I always, I always have.
1: Yeah, he's he's incredible. Like he plays such a sympathetic little wiener man. Like, <laughs> like I don't know how else to describe him. Like, he's, like
2: not a man with a little wiener, but a, a little like he little him, wiener he, of a man. He himself is a wiener of a man. <laughs> oh dear, here we go again.
1: <laughs> um, so here's the synopsis. This is directed by again John Bram. Uh, the synopsis here is a, a hen speckled <laughs> book lover. Hen speckled. I love that that description. Hen speckled. Um, hen, hen pecked. I'm sorry. Hen. Pe- hen speckled.
2: <laughs> you love that word because it doesn't <laughs> exist. It
1: does now. A hen pecked book lover finds himself blissfully alone with his books after a nuclear
2: war. So uh, S- say that word again. The second to last word you just said. Nuclear.
3: What the fuck? What? We got George W. Bush in the house. <laughs> N- nuclear. N- nuclear. It's nuclear. 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 <laughs> <laughs> the- <laughs> What's wrong? Nuclear. Hey, oh, my God. You see that window? Look how clear it is. <laughs> <laughs> is that new? Yes. Yeah, nu- nuclear.
2: <laughs> I usually say it the other way, too. No, you don't. Yes, I
1: do. I just can't say it right now. Nuclear. Nuclear. Okay. Um, so, the, again, this is st- starring uh, Burgess Meredith as Henry Bemis. Um, now, Burgess Meredith, if you're not familiar with him, which, come on. Come Mac- on. Mickey from Rocky. From
2: all the Rocky movies. Come on,
1: Rocky. Uh, and more importantly... He's the voice of Puff from Puff the Magic Dragon. Oh yeah, that's right.
2: And he also went on to—they uh, liked him so much. I mean, he's in several episodes throughout the Twilight Zone series. Oh, is he? Yeah, oh, I don't and think I um, that. Um, and then he also narrated the movie in 1983. Ah, there you go. So, he's a uh, he's a he's a lifer, a Twilight Zone lifer through and through. Yeah. The um. What? Well, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. I was, gonna say, I was just going to jump into the episode, so one, Yeah, ahead.
1: one of the things that, that I love right off the bat, and this isn't necessarily um, just this episode, which is what I'm going to say now, um, <clears> throughout <throat> all these episodes, I love the music. Mm. That old-timey, like, 50s TV show music that they was kind of like, they used it in a lot of stuff. Like I could see the same music used in this, uh-huh. used in, like, Leave it to Beaver or something like that. <laughs> Honestly, you know, yeah. like, it's, that, it's that very timey, old-timey kind of music or whatever. Mm-hmm. It fits this show so well, though. Yeah because it's like this weird like almost I don't want to say like fairy tale but it makes things seem so happy when things are so sad yeah. like and, and bad at times mm-hmm. I don't know this is really cool and this this episode though is I noticed it. it's like very regal sounding almost well, it's, like it's, a,
2: it's a good juxtaposition between the bleak landscape mm-hmm. after the H-bomb goes off and this kind of upbeat music yeah but yeah. then but then when the music darkens a little bit it's that much more effective you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, this is—I uh, read this is Rod Serling's personal favorite episode that he ever wrote. So we're in good company. So we uh, we have good taste. Um, so yeah, Henry Bemis—he uh, this poor dude—all he wants to do is read books. He's a bookworm, mm-hmm. and he's trying. He uh, he he tries to read at work because he's a, a bank teller, which seems irresponsible. He's sitting there reading <laughs> least... David Copperfield as he's counting money, and he's miscounting money. But um, uh, it, it, he explains to his boss, because his boss comes and tells him, you can't read at work, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. That's verbatim what he, he says. He does <laughs> the, you can't read at work, what the hell are you doing?
1: He does the same thing that I do, though. When he's reading, he just tones out everything. It's yeah. like when I'm looking at something, I just tone out everything. Yeah. Like, we, can, we can make an updated version of Time Enough at Last
0: with me.
2: Where you just stare at your phone the whole time. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but he explains to his boss, well, I can't read at home. Because every time I try to read something at home, my wife either snatches it out of my hands or she uh, she takes it and throws it away. And his wife is a real peach, by the way. Mm. Um, it's a better word than I was going to use. Yeah. <laughs> and so she's a real dear. And so she uh, <laughs> and so he, you know, he's explaining to him. That's that's why I try and read at work or whatever. His boss explains to him that reading will never get you anywhere in life you need to just you need to just do your work and Who are these people? i know like all these people are so against reading i'm like what this is this is really strange 'cause i reading's I was, always been good yeah, reading's always been a good thing to do but um so he um he says that he'll stop reading at work, and then he, he gets he gets home and he's trying to read at uh, at home. His wife immediately comes in, snatches the newspaper from him. Yep. He goes and uh, finds a book of poems that he's hidden under a couch cushion. This is one of the saddest parts. He, uh, yeah, it is. H- him and his wife, they're about to go off to their friend's house to have dinner or something, and he pockets this little book so he can you know slip away to the bathroom read a couple poems or something like that and she comes in and she says what do you got in your pocket and he's like oh nothing dear and uh she says you know what is it and he pulls this book of poems out and she gives him false hope she says why don't you read some of these to me and he's so overjoyed ecstatic so happy that his wife is gonna let him read this beautiful poetry and then he opens up the book and she's taking the time to scribble out every single page in the entire book that would waste so much more time <laughs> than reading a book it really would like how like literally and like a- I, like going to like this book had like 100 pages in it that would take forever his wife is just the fucking worst oh she is the worst oh my god like why is he with her i i don't know just find yourself <laughs> a nice bookworm gal go marry a librarian That'd be the perfect situation. It really
1: would be. Now, did you notice in that scene, when I rewatched it today, I noticed it. When he pulls the book out of his pocket Mm -hmm. and he opens it and flips through it real quick. Um it shows it from the side and you can see him flipping through the book. None of the pages are blacked out. Oh, seriously? None of them at all. They're all they're all straight lines of text oh, and everything. Oh continuity here. right. Um that's just that fifth dimension, baby.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so also one of the things to uh, t- to take note of that you notice pretty early on in the uh, in the episode is that he wears these really thick Coke bottle glasses. Yes. Basically oh. what you wear.
1: Uh, yeah, if I wore
2: glasses, yeah, <laughs> your eyes always look so small when you're wearing your glasses. <laughs> uh, so it, they're almost they they used to sell these at like uh, like um, uh, like Party City and stuff. You mm-hmm. could get they're the big round, yep. plastic frame glasses, and they had like the Coke bottle lenses. I never understood why people would buy those and wear them for Halloween. You
1: can't see because through. you
2: can't see through them. It's like, why do you want to walk around not being able to? He see He must all have that? had a
1: headache all the time though, because they actually use like magnifying glasses. They said.
2: Well, they did. you they had two different pairs of glasses that they use for them, though. For the close up shots, they would use the like the heavy magnified ones, and for uh, like uh, wide shots and stuff like that, they let him wear just regular clear plastic yeah, lenses yeah. so that he could actually <laughs> see when he was when he was uh, in these scenes. But um, so she's a jerk. He's back at work the next day. He decides it's lunch lunch He's gonna go down into the vault, the bank vault, and close
1: the door to the bank vault behind him. Close Seems like a very smart thing to do.
2: First thing he does, he picks up uh, he picks up this newspaper, opens it up, and this huge headline that says "H uh, bomb capable of of total destruction." And what happens? Not two seconds later. Freaking H-bomb yep. goes off. Sucks. Destroys the entire world as far as he can tell.
1: Really impressive, though. I don't know who their electric company is, but super impressive. The light in the vault doesn't go
2: out. Yeah, baby. That The lights stay on. That's Detroit Edison. It must be uh, uh, Motel 6. They <laughs> left the light on. We'll leave the <laughs> light on for you. So he wakes up after this that huge... Motel 8? Motel 6. Is it 6? Isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. Correction. <laughs> it's the, the red tree in. Um... So he wakes up after this whole thing. He goes out into this just this wasted landscape, just a complete, a total loss. Everything is yep. gone. Uh, he makes his way back to where his house used to be. Mm-hmm. Everything's gone. He realizes his wife is dead. He mourns for about two seconds and then goes. Oh well. <laughs> I'm he's, gonna I'll get over it. He does the equivalent of like just dancing around
0: the bitches. Dance.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um and uh and so he kinda it's it's kinda this uh it's kinda cool. All four of the episodes that we picked for this week, some of the themes are very similar. Very
1: similar, yep. Well he he kinda cracks a little bit, he goes crazy
2: almost. Right. He tries
1: to convince himself that, that he's gonna be fine by himself. He's got food, he's got he's you know He's got a place to sleep. He's right. got well, it's a crappy couch, but like <laughs> he's going to be okay. Solitude yeah. isn't that bad. And right on the heels of him saying that, he starts to lose his mind until he sees the sign for the library. Right, And then he's just like, oh, I have all the time in the world now. So he gets stacks of books, like like month to month to month, all these books he can finally read.
2: He's literally got years worth of literature. He's he, He'll be fine the rest of his life. He mm-hmm. can do his favorite thing in the entire world, which if you... If you're that type of person where you found like you can just get lost in books, it's a perfect situation. He's got all the food he needs, even though it would probably be heavily dosed in radiation. Yep. So he might uh, not hey. just have that many years <laughs> left on Earth. As the
1: radiation eats away <laughs> at his brain, because he's just <laughs> hanging out in a war zone. <laughs>
2: um, but he, uh, he, he's got all these books now, and so he figures, hey, life's not too bad. And just the worst thing in the entire world happens.
1: It's like Justin with his iPhone. He literally drops it a Six inches off the ground, and they just shatter and break.
3: <laughs> Twelve inches. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he leans over to pick up a book that he finds on the on the on the stairs of the library, and his glasses just disintegrate. They they
1: can make it through an H bomb explosion. Yeah, but they can't take one little tumble on the ground.
2: Oh, it's the word like the look of defeat on his face when when he picks up the glasses, and and he and he starts to it's the uh, it's like why somebody somebody actually commented on it or commented yep. the the whole that whole line from from the end of the episode they on have our time now. there was time now all the time in the world and and he's just oh and he says that's not fair that's I not think fair. He, well,
1: I think he said that before the glasses
2: broke. The oh, time, yeah, the time yeah, part. It, yeah, yeah, that's The time enough was... at last part. And then he picks him up and he's like,
1: no, there was time now.
2: That's not fair. And it's like... I think
1: that's like the biggest
2: downer ending. That's just the end. It's the <laughs> most brutal slap in the face. To a good dude. Because not he didn't only... do anything wrong. Exactly. It was just that he was a really nice dude. Just wanted to read some books and live the rest of his life. And now like, he had reading, the opportunity. Reading kills. That's now he had the, the time. And now not only can he not now not only can he not read books, but he threw the gun away cuz at one point in the episode he thought, "Well, maybe I'll just kill myself yeah. and just end it right now." And that's when he saw the library. He threw the gun away. So now he can't find that to kill himself. <laughs> and he, he 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 can't see to find his way back to the store to where he can even have food. So he's just going to wander around in this wasteland. Like what would you do? I
1: find a cliff? I don't I don't know. I
2: smash your head a bunch of times into a brick. <laughs> <That> sounds terrible.
1: <laughs> I think uh I think my favorite part of this episode is after the bomb goes off, mm-hmm. he exits the uh the vault. And all the rubble that is outside looks it looks like a um like a German expressionist movie. Like it oh, looks yeah. like Dr. Caligari or uh, Nosferatu or something mm-hmm. like that. Like it's just really really cool. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, I don't know if it was intentional or not either. But it has the the weird jagged lines everywhere and it looks yeah. it looks intentionally artsy.
2: Yeah. Even though I don't think that it was. Well I'm sure I'm mean, some amount of uh,
1: maybe, maybe. But it it seemed real intentional it. though. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just seemed really, really cool. And then I love the fact that like there's parts where he's walking around with this barren landscape and he's yelling. But he's yelling literally at the back wall. And you can you can tell that the back you can, wall you is, can tell
2: it's a big painting. You can tell yeah. it's a big
1: painting, but you can also hear the echo in the room—if you actually pay attention to it—and there's 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 a charm to that that I kind of love. Yeah, you know, like it's just...
2: right after you pointed that out. He then walks as if he's gonna walk back into that that rubble, mm-hmm. which is the back wall of the studio with the giant painting on it. And he gets to a certain point and then turns left and yeah. walks. So you can you can tell he's kind of like traversing the wall at that yep. point. It's yep. pretty funny.
1: It's just like I say. It's just there's a it's 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 charming. Like there's a. Old school charm, the way these old movies yeah. used to be made. Yeah, definitely. You know, suspension of disbelief and whatnot.
2: Yep. um I don't have much more to say. No, about yeah, it's that just a great one. episode. So it's it's I, just an absolutely episode. great episode. I, like if if anybody, I, I would actually say if if nobody has ever seen Twilight Zone. For me personally, this is the the episode I would point you toward.
1: Now, if you were asking me, it would be the next episode we're covering, which uh, we're going to fast forward to episode twenty-two, uh, an episode called "The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street." Now, this is the first one from nineteen sixty. Now, or into the new year, into the into the sixties.
2: Now, I think when I, because I kind of introduced you to this original series, right?
1: Yeah, maybe.
2: Well, because I, I I think I showed you uh, time enough at last. Yeah. Because I convinced you guys to name our band time enough to yeah. last, and then I wanted to show you the source, so I I'm showed you that. The new
3: guy name it after something I like. <laughs> it
2: just shows how much you guys love me. Or we were just desperate for a name. Yeah, that too. <laughs> um, so I showed you that one, and then I think this was the second one that I showed you. Maybe,
1: and this is the one. And this is one that's always stuck with me because I just I love the setup of this whole entire. It reminds me of. Two of two of my favorite movies it reminds me of, and I think that's why I like it so much. Um, and that is it's very much if the movie Clue took place on the on the street that the burbs took place on it. Yeah. That's what this movie is. <laughs> or that's what this episode is, and it's very much clue. Because and it deals with that mass hysteria when people mm-hmm. don't know what's going on, they're so quick to point fingers and everybody else's and, and more so
2: and, paranoia than hysteria yeah, yeah, i mean yeah. hysteria toward the end but it's more so the paranoia yeah
1: and, and it's just it's a real it's a really really cool um like uh dissection of of humans and yeah. how humans work you know yeah and our just, nature yeah and it's just really really cool and, I, and i've always loved this episode because of that
2: i, f- I feel like too and I, I think we mentioned it after we watched the episode because we hadn't seen it in a few years but it's very like even by today's standards, very culturally relevant. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like the the idea of that uh, that people are their, are their own worst enemy. The greatest weapon you have
1: is humans.
2: And and the idea of the idea of um, of of uh, paranoia and people turning on each other. It's very most, it's
1: very poignant for yeah, today's issues pe- too.
2: People turning on each other based off of very little evidence. You know. Uh, like like I, how often do you see this in the news like people people are doing like people are doing awful things to each other because they perceive other people as a threat with no evidence yep but just because there is some small small perceived threat more and and it and it's more based off of misunderstanding yeah or or
1: people just jump to conclusions because they want an answer to something yeah Yeah, that too you know uh so so the synopsis of this one is uh, on a peaceful suburban street strange occurrences and mysterious people stoke the residents' paranoia to disastrous intensity um i did a lot of fan casting this one i'm not going to get into it but this is i would love to see this episode redone (coughs) like word for word shot for shot with new actors just i think it'd be really funny um The main guy, maybe this is the Burbs coming through with the main dude, would totally be Tom Hanks. (laughs) Just saying. Just saying. Um, All right, so... Yeah, so basically, what it is 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 the everyone's outside. They're in there, they're on their street doing their their daily chores. Like you Just know,
2: looks like a a sleepy suburban cul-de-sac. Yeah, like a beautiful place to live. Yeah,
1: one person's out cutting their lawn. One person's <clears throat> washing their car. Someone's you know, trimming their
2: hedges or whatever. Kids are running around and playing everywhere. Sure. One guy's outside with his with his tools building a dog house or some shit. Sure, sure. <laughs> And, uh, and all
1: of a sudden, everything goes dead. All the electricity cuts, but it's not just the electricity. Cars don't work. Power tools don't
2: work. Well, it's after they see a flash in the sky.
1: Yes, they see a meteor go overhead, is what they think is a meteor. Right. And uh, so, everyone's trying to figure out what, what's going on. You know, like So, two of the guys end up wanting to go over to another street to see if the other street over is having the same issues, basically. Just and one guy. Just well, one. Two, two of them are going to leave. They don't end up leaving, though.
2: Oh, But there is one guy, the guy guy who's like building the doghouse or whatever. And he doesn't even, I like this because it's a detail you kind of need to catch because I don't think anybody else is really paying too much attention to him. Yeah. Because he just kind of calls out to the rest of the neighborhood. I'm going to head over to Colton Street or whatever it was and see if they have power.
1: Yeah. And it's sort of right in the middle of all of the other people's discussion. Right. So you don't notice it. Right.
2: So not too many people really realize that he's taking off to go to the next block. Yep so
1: as as they're trying to figure out what's going on this kid speaks up and he's like they don't want you to leave and they're all like who the space aliens like this is how it is in all the comic books that I've read or all the stories that I've ever read yeah they you know they send they send a, a mother a father and two kids down that look like us to, to prepare them for the landing and this is what prompts everybody there to almost unbelievably just Really buy into the story of aliens really quickly, yeah. Without without much of any reason.
2: Well, okay, yeah. They like everybody at first is just like, look at this stupid kid. He like he reads these alien comic books, and then somebody somebody speaks up. I think it's actually the main guy too. He gives he gives everybody the the floor. Everybody 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 wants to like kind of push the kid aside, and he's like, well, well, hold on, I gotta. Well, well, hold on, hold on, because he's got the (laughs) deepest voice in the world. Let's hear him out for a second. Yeah. So he gives the kid the floor and what this kid says plants the seed of paranoia in everybody's head in the, in the, uh, In this little neighborhood.
1: Well, because they saw this meteor go by. Right. But what if it's not a meteor? What if it's not a meteor? What if this kid's telling the truth?
2: And none of the cars work, so that's why he says, well, they don't want you to leave. Mm -hmm. So now everybody's, they're kind of like, aha, that's silly. But at the same time, you can see like looks on the, like they're shifting their eyes back and forth to like people in the neighborhood going, what if?
1: They're all looking at each other, they're going like, we're not saying it's aliens,
2: but (laughs) But it's it's aliens. aliens. (laughs) And so what happens is, one guy's car suddenly starts. Mm-hmm. And fan, fan casting Dennis Hayworth. Dennis Hayworth, who's
1: that? The the the, the Allstate guy, <laughs> the black guy, Allstate. The, yeah. He was the president on Twenty Four. No, I know
2: for the uh, for the car for the car that starts. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. Um, Sorry, I'm just fan casting
2: here. No, that's all right. Uh, so this guy's car starts and then everybody kind of walks over like, how does, how does your car start? They're, they're gradually becoming more of a mob. Like at at first everybody's sort of off in their, their own little corners kind of discussing things and Mm -hmm. they gradually start moving as a mob. Yep. And they get over to his driveway, and they're like, "Well, why is your car starting?" He's like, "I don't don't know. I just just tried it, and it started." And so, so, well, no, it
1: didn't. It didn't start. Like he was trying. Oh, it didn't start. And then he was trying to.
2: He goes up onto his porch, and And then then it it starts starts. automatically, right? And then turns off. Which? Why is a car starting by itself? Exactly. If not aliens? Exactly. And so they're all like, "Well, this is fishy." And then you know he's obviously just he's like it's me guys i've been i've lived in this neighborhood for five years you know you all know me you know of course somebody yells out well that's exactly what they'd want us to think you know yep yep. and and then uh this
1: like said that matt it's like that mass paranoia where it's like no one believes anyone any the tiniest little flimsiest piece of anything is going to make everyone just turn on a dime
2: it's very much like the thing
1: oh yeah yeah very much so Yep.
2: yep Because they, except for in the thing, there was actually something jumping around, but nobody knew what it was or where it was. And this one, people just suspect there's something infiltrating their little neighborhood here. So they kind of set up. And uh, and stake out, and everybody's just kind of watching this house, and the guy and just keeps coming out saying, "It's not me. I don't know what you guys are doing." Like, I don't.
1: Yeah, one one woman at one point in time is like, "You know, I, I every now and then I wake up in the middle of the night and I see him out in his front yard just staring up at the sky." Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, "I have insomnia, and I come out and look at the stars. Like, what do you want from me?" And it, it one by one goes through a lot of the different people. Like, like once he's done being the focus, somebody else is the focus. Yeah, and then, and then they, the main well, they, guy eventually they turn to the guns. main
2: guy uh, uh, Steve. And somebody's like, well, uh, you know, Steve's wife told me that he's been working on some kind of weird radio in his basement. hmm So, so what's that? And maybe we should all go over to his house and we, see what this... Like, who are you are talking, talking to, to you, you? Steve? And so... And then the wife is suddenly like changing her tune. She's like, "It's just a ham radio, you know. It's just it's just something he tinkers around with." But now,
1: what a what a what a dick move on his wife though! Like turning in turning on her husband and be like, "Well, he's got this radio in the basement."
2: Well, no, it was no no no. She just before this all started might have been like a week ago. She was telling the neighbor woman, like, oh, I feel like he's down in the basement tinkering around with this radio all the time. I never see him. Mm, that's true. But now that woman's recalling it and bringing it up. And she's like, oh, he's got some kind of weird radio in his basement. So they go back and forth. Suddenly, there's not just one focus that, like, one focal point for this mob to to say, like, "There's you might be what we're looking for. Yeah. Now it's turned on several people. So people are really starting to freak out. Finally, one of the guys goes and gets a gun, runs out into the street. They're all just kind of standing in the dark, and then they hear footsteps coming from somewhere mm-hmm. down the road. And they look, and all they can see is this shadowy figure coming towards the them. Of course, shoot first. Right. It's mass hysteria. And so, <laughs> and so he looks, and he's, he's yelling down to this person like, you better stop or I'm going to shoot. You better stop. And he finally fires off around, and you see the figure just drop to the ground. And they all run up, and it's the dude who said earlier, yep. "I'm gonna go over to the next street and see if they still have power." He's been gone for like four hours, though. Like, what the hell was he doing? He
1: stopped to have a drink somewhere.
2: He stopped over, had a few beers. Why not? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and what else he gonna do? Nothing. There's no power anywhere.
2: And they run up, and they see that it's their their neighbor. Like, there's nothing there's nothing off kilter about him. Yep. He's not an alien. It's so just now, their so dead neighbor.
1: Killed a random person.
2: Right. And now they all turn to him and they're like, you just murdered him. And he's just like, he's like, you can't, you can't blame it on me. I was just, I was trying to protect my street. You can't blame it on me. And then the last thing you see is everybody just runs in opposite directions and then runs back in the same direction. Like well, It looks like the... now, all of a sudden, there's warfare on yeah, the street. All,
1: what happens is all the lights in the houses start flickering on Oh, that's off, right, that's and right. And so everybody's blaming each other. At one point in time, the dude who killed the guy, fucking jotchbag that he is, blames the kid. Oh, yeah. Like, he, he's like, it's the kid's fault! Because like, <laughs> he doesn't want people blaming him anymore. It's right. Like, like, who blames the kid? Yeah. Like, well, he knew all about the aliens, and you're waiting... What I love about this episode... And I think my favorite part about it is you're waiting for the other foot to drop mm-hmm. and for all the explanations. Well, the explanation is there's fucking aliens. Yeah. And they're actually doing it. Like, this is what I love about the Twilight Zone is, you know, you have the case of, like, the first episode, or the very first episode, mm-hmm. where you think it's one thing, but, oh, nope, he's in a training faci- uh, facility, and that's what he what you're seeing is not actually real. Right. Then you have Time Enough at Last where... It's not, it's not really even a is it real, is it not? It's just a downer ending. Mm-hmm. And then you have this one where it's there's no twist. It literally is exactly what they've been telling you it is the entire episode. Right. And that's what's so great about the but series. You get, but
2: you get so caught up in just the idea of the paranoia that sure. you think, oh, it's not aliens. It's just these people are acting crazy. Yeah, and that's and then they zoom out, oh, it's aliens.
1: And that's what's great about the the series, is because it keeps you on your toes. You mm-hmm. never know what to expect. You—it's almost impossible to tell where the story is going to go. Right. And so it's fresh every single like every episode is decently fresh, you right. know. Right. And and it's really cool and I and I love like I, said, I love the the message that you can take out of this episode. Yeah. The the last little monologue, the, the conversation that the between has the
2: two aliens,
1: is so incredibly poignant for today. Right. And what's going on in our own country right now? Yeah. That, like, I can't help but yeah, love this is kind this of episode. this is kind of
2: what I was uh, trying to say earlier. I wasn't doing a very good job, but these two... Because I didn't want to give the end away. The two aliens basically say, and that's how it's done. Yeah. You just... You turn off a... F- you kill the power for a while. You um, you plant a seed of of, uh, of unknowing and, a, and plant a seed of paranoia in them and then just let them cannibalize themselves. And that's how we'll do it on... And then we move on to the next street and the next street and the next street. And essentially, they're just... They're fear-mongering. Yeah. They're planting a seed of fear and then letting this fear tree blossom. And then the people, because because they don't know what to do with themselves in that state, they just turn... Toward their neighbor mm-hmm. and and start fighting.
1: It's what the government does, man. The government does that. The they'll, government, they'll, man. They'll turn off power places. They'll. It's that military industrial complex. It's. Uh, <laughs> it's it's those real life MIBs. It's it's those dark op things,
3: you know. But like, it's. I mean, <laughs> you
2: you could really look at the message of this episode in a macro yeah. in a macro way like that because it is true. Whether sure. like fear mongering does happen on we, a macro level like that, but it also happens on a micro level. Like man, you see you see it every day, like people like you know just for one example which is terrible some some people might have uh have a um, some neighbors move in who are of a different race or different yep. creed or something and they automatically have a prejudice against them you start telling people in the neighborhood if you know about about these people and sure. then everybody turns on that family or they you know like it's it seems like a shitty story to tell, or not a story, but a, but a, a shitty story. anecdote. But it's very true. It happens everywhere. So, like this, this story, is ahead of its time, but not really, because it just goes to show that this shit's been going on forever. Sure.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. A lot of the it's funny. A lot of the problems that like people write about and use for, like TV show type things, you know, don't have like the hidden messages. It, they they're they're universal. You know, they've been happening forever. Like right? what's going on now in this country. It's it's not the first nor will it be the last time right. it's happened. You know, like there's there's always been these periods of time, and it's never really gone away. Mm. And this is this episode's a really good example of proving that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and for that, I love it. I just think yeah. I, lo- I love like I said, it's Clue. You know, the whole the whole mass is moving with each other to like person to person. Like yeah, it's not it's Colonel Mustard. No, it's it's Mr. Plum or whoever <laughs> the fuck the characters are. Um, you know what I'm saying though? Yeah. like it's it's very much that in a suburban setting. Absolutely, and I, and I, and I love it.
2: Yep. So, um, um well that is uh that's it for oh do you the think monsters I, are d- what
1: I did have a question for you yeah do you think that uh that any of them were actual aliens since everything was since everything was exactly as that kid said it was who were the two parents and the kids
2: no I don't you don't think any of them no, were? no no I think I because the the aliens at the end pretty much explain it all I for think- you and I don't think they would have planted their own down there. Because it was unnecessary. They basically said, see, we don't have to go in and invade because we can just let them destroy each other. Yeah. We turn off the power. We turn some more lights on. But we, for the sake of with...
1: conversation, it was
2: Steve. Steve? Steve Brand? Yep. Yeah.
1: He was He was, He was. was the mastermind. He was controlling the people. For I mean, a
2: while, at least. He kind of was. I mean, they all listened to him. They all looked to him for guidance and everything. And why does
1: he have that damn radio? Yeah.
2: He's got to talk to him. Ooh, sneaky Steve. Just saying. All right.
1: <laughs> All right. So that brings us now to the final episode of the season, episode 36. 36 episode season. Pretty yeah. crazy. Uh, so this is called A World of His Own. This one is uh, this one was probably just more... my least favorite of the four we watched, to be
2: honest. It was definitely just kind of fun, though. Yes. You know what I mean? It was like a fun way to wrap up the first season.
1: Yeah. Uh, the entire budget of the episode went towards an elephant. I'm just going to assume that. <laughs> Because this entire episode takes place in one room. Yeah. With not a whole lot going on. So it's a pretty cheap episode to make, minus the fact that they had an elephant. That's true. So... That's uh, if you could say it's the it's the elephant in the room. <laughs>
2: nah, I could say that. I won't though.
1: All right. So uh, a writer <laughs> demonstrates uh, he can control reality simply by dictating changes. Uh, so basically, you have uh, you have Gregory West, who is a playwright, mm-hmm. and he's in his office, and he's basically he's writing his plays. And how he does it is instead of writing it down right away, he will just has a tape recorder. And he just kind of free free speaks and then dictates into the tape and then he can write his plays afterwards.
2: Well, first I, I think it's important to describe the first se- the first scene of this. You see Gregory West sitting in his his lounge or his study or whatever and he this beautiful blonde comes over and hands him a martini and sits on his lap and they're, you know, just lovingly talking to each other. Then all of a sudden you see this woman show up outside the window and she looks in on this scene and she sees this beautiful blonde in here and she's not happy about it. Yep but then she comes and knocks on the door and gregory tells her go you got to go and she says oh again i don't want to do this anymore and blah 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 and so she leaves this other woman comes in who turns out to be his wife yep. and she starts wondering where's this blonde that i just saw you with so take it from there
1: yeah no he um yeah.
2: you were you were talking about how he sorry, into the rec- sorry sorry i just i felt like cuz that's that scene pretty much Sets everything up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, so the, the blonde is gone. His wife comes in and she's poking around the room, like looking looking for this woman. Like, where'd she go? There's no way to get out of here. Right. She's looking for like t- secret doors in the walls, and she's like, she like, even goes so far as to
2: ask him, "Do you have any secret exits <laughs> from this room?" And like, why would he tell you and, that? And he's, just,
1: and he's just watching, like, "What are you doing? Like, you're cr- you're acting like a crazy person. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing right now?" And then finally, she uh, she ch- does a does a. Does, pulls a quick one on him and he admits that uh that there was a woman there she goes oh you wouldn't you wouldn't be with somebody who's all ugly and frumpy like that and he goes oh she isn't that bad <laughs> and, and so she catches him she's like aha
2: and uh it's funny how he kind of keeps up his uh like he never really seems distressed about it at all you know no. what I mean Cause well because he just got weird, caught by that's, his wife and that's but the he's weird like, oh, thing
1: yeah. about this episode is that he doesn't think that cheating on his wife is anything wrong whatsoever simply because he was lonely
2: but the title kind of tells you everything you need to know a world a a world of his own yeah uh because not everything is as it seems sure sure so he kind of starts to describe to her like you see this machine i have here and he goes over and it's this gigantic recorder gigantic tape recorder must be recording on like reel to reel yeah it was yeah and he says, "This is this is how I write my my plays. I speak into the microphone. It records it here, and later I have somebody dictate it. But, but this
1: weird thing has been happening when yes, I
2: dictate into
1: it. It actually creates the characters in real life that I'm describing.
2: What he says is pretty deep. Like I don't know verbatim what he says, but he talks about, and I'm sure, like for playwrights and like people who write screenplays and stuff, it, it kind of feels this way." or like a guy like Stephen King, who has so many of his books turned into movies, he says, if you describe something over and over and over again, eventually it kind of takes on a life of its own. And I've done it so many times that my characters are literally bringing themselves to life. So I can just, I can say anything to this tape recorder and it literally comes out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. It just brings itself to life. It just wills itself into existence, basically.
1: So he's, so the whole episode is him trying to explain to his wife what this is. And she just doesn't believe him. Even though he gives her plenty of proof. Like he actually brings Mary, who is the blonde. He brings Mary there. And she's like, well, where did she come from? And he goes, I told you, I willed her into existence. She still doesn't believe him. And so then he pulls the tape out. And the the way that he can get rid of her is by cutting that section out of the tape, balling it up, and tossing it in the fire. And she literally disappears in the thin air. She still doesn't believe him.
2: His wife still is skeptical of this whole thing, even though he just watched... She a just watched disappear. this woman disappear. She so, thought it was some trickery.
1: So she goes to leave, and he really quickly dictates that there's an elephant in the hallway stopping her from leaving. <laughs> and she opens the door, and there's an elephant. <laughs> she still, after even after he gets rid of it, still doesn't believe in That's a that real cute real.
2: trick with the elephant. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Weird, right? So finally, he's like, you're going to make me do this, and I don't want to do it. And this is where the big twist comes from, you know, like... He's like, he's like, he's like if, if that's all there is to it, then, then I guess there's no choice. And he goes to his bookshelf and he pulls some books out. There's a safe back there. He opens a safe, and she's like, "What is that?" And he goes, "He goes, well, I've had this here ever since we got married." And he pulls it out, and it's an envelope with his wife's name on it. And he pulls out the tape, and you realize, oh shit, his wife is was something one of that his he stories. dictated as well, right? And it's not until he throws...
2: No, she throws or, it yeah,
1: yeah, she still doesn't believe him, so she throws the envelope with the, the tape in it into the fire. Mm-hmm. And she's like mid-sentence, and all of a sudden she's like, oh, oh my god, you really weren't kidding. It's like, well, no shit, like where, the she hell? Can suddenly where feel did you herself think the elephant came from? Like, where <laughs> did you think this
3: woman that disappeared in the thin air went to? Like <laughs> It's like, come on. Did you just do the Michigan thing, where she's like, oh yeah, she did this, and then she's like, oh...
1: <laughs> oh, oh, oh.
3: <laughs> oh, no, you're good. <laughs> uh,
1: but it's so now she's actually believing him, right? And but it's too late. Yeah. She basically committed suicide by throwing you know this thing in the end the thing. And uh, so he goes, to, he runs over to the tape recorder, and he's going to dictate her back to life. And then he suddenly realizes, eh. <laughs> oh! oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna bring Mary back instead, and like leaves his wife pretty much out of the picture.
2: It makes you wonder why, like he he knew he could do this the entire time, so why didn't he just do that to begin with?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's a really or maybe weird... he
2: just loved that character so much that he you know, like he couldn't bring himself yeah. to get rid of her.
1: Could be, could be. Like he actually had a relationship with her. And right. Like this was just other all the other girls were just him fooling around on the side. Right. Uh, it basically what this what this what this episode teaches you is that if your wife catches you cheating, you just kill your wife. That's <laughs> essentially what the, the or, moral of the or, story or of rather, is. Or rather
2: convince her to kill herself.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> Equally as as terrible. Um, but it really is kind of, like, sexist in a way. Like, we talked about this when we were watching oh, yeah. it. It's sexist in a way where it's like, well, I'm the man. I can do whatever I want. Like, right. it's like, no, that's not the way that works. Yeah. Like, I hate to break it to you. Yeah. Um, but the 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 coolest part about this episode is that they actually bring Rod Serling back, and he becomes a part of the episode. Like you but think this
2: is Rod Serling's first on screen appearance yes, in the entire usually series. Usually, he's just narrating things. Right.
1: And so they show him sitting on on the desk, and he, it's like, "It's the end of the season." You think this is like their wrap up or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the guy's like, "Wait, wait, no, 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 no!" And he pulls out an envelope with Rod Serling's name, throws it into the fire, and he kills Rod Serling. Yeah. And like so, he like gets kind of wrapped up into his own story. I thought that was really really cool. Yeah, um, different thing to do with the, with the story.
2: So so thinking of it that way, if you if you just kind of continue with that logic and continue with that storyline, would it suggest that all of the subsequent seasons, subsequent episodes of. Um, of the twilight zone are actually from this guy created by gregory west Ooh. like he brings rod serling back to life and then rod serling goes on to be the the narrator of the twilight zone
1: you know it'd be really cool what if gregory west was a uh uh it was an anagram, anagram of
2: rod, rod, serling? rod
1: serling it's not obviously no. <laughs> but that'd be really cool if it was yeah. it's like oh my god <laughs> we just figured it out but um but yeah it's a cool episode not my favorite of the four we watched No it was um, my least was, favorite of the four fun. but
2: it was it was a fun episode it was it was more lighthearted than all the rest Yep and uh I thought it was a really cool way to wrap up the season Yeah so
1: Yeah uh and I think that's that's essentially it Yeah good um, way to, that's the the world's first 4 way. Four
2: way, yeah.
1: Foray into (laughs) into the world of uh, the Twilight Zone. You know, I think it's a pretty it's a pretty good season. Um, A lot of really good episodes came out of it. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm looking forward to doing more of these.
2: Yeah, there's a ton more, and uh, these are all on Netflix. So if you're not, yes, they are. uh, If you haven't ever seen the Twilight Zone and you're a fan of genre, like you know, obviously you go back and you watch classic horror films, and they're not. They're like I know a lot of younger people watch older horror films and are like, "What the hell? This isn't scary."
1: What's the, where's all the color at?
2: Yeah, it's much more. It's it's much more of a. Uh, it's much more of like an intellectual dive into yeah. fear. Not that we're super smart or anything, but like you really have to kind of think about horror in a different way. You know, yeah. like a much more reality based horror.
1: Yeah, it's more it's more cerebral. It's more like uh, and it's more sci fi than it is horror too. Yeah, you know, it's it's more yeah. more of that, but it's the fifth dimension. It's the fifth dimension. What the hell
3: is the fifth dimension anyway?
1: Didn't they sing the Age of Aquarius?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Wasn't that, that the
1: fifth dimension? You're no. thinking of
2: one direction. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All, all right, right. anyway, that, so uh, uh, that's that's the first season of Twilight Zone. Yep,
1: we got to spin the wheel of pizza death here. Oh, do it. And, uh, is your sound
2: on so we can hear that I, beautiful I believe, clicking sound that, goes that on is. for five minutes?
1: Can we get a first try?
2: Yeah, I yeah, got all it. All right. So now we just wait 30 seconds. <laughs> right. And... All right, let's see. What
1: we got coming up here is... Wait. Oh, there <laughs> it is. All right. Uh beer picks
2: movies. Beer Picks Movies.
1: So with Beer Picks Movies, we could either do uh uh well actually we only have one on the docket here. What's and that? that is uh Belle's Two Hearted Ale. Oh. So we're doing uh So that would mean the dark half. Okay. And basket case. Okay. Not so
3: not the Doctor Who who has two
1: hearts. Hey, we could <laughs> do Doctor <laughs> Who. Doctor Two Doctor Who has two hearts? Yeah. I don't watch Doctor Who. Dude,
2: watch Doctor Who. I'm sorry. Stop being... Uh,
1: basically, it's a uh, an episode about two heartbeats. Two Heart Two heartbeats. Yeah. And uh, that's basically the dark In, half and basket case.
2: Yeah. So. Which we'll explain that more. Yep. If you haven't seen the movies, we'll explain that more next week. So. Yep. All right, cool, cool, cool. I'm excited for this. All right, uh, if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud at the Buzzkill Podcast,
1: and you can find us on Twitter at the Buzzkill PC. You can find us on all third, first, second, third-party streaming sites. Which, if you're listening to this, you already found us. So, pass the word. Um, <laughs> you can also find us on Tinder. Swipe left.
2: Ooh! <laughs> wait, or is is, it right? is, wait. Swipe,
1: swipe right. <laughs> no, no.
2: Swipe left. Do yourself a favor. Swipe left. <laughs> if you want to find Jay Raj. You can find me on all social media at
3: Ocean Recording. <laughs> and also check out www.oceanrecordingstudio.com for all your fantastic audio needs. Oh dear, I almost slid
2: off my chair. i <laughs> we
3: have to do we have to do an we have to, do, we have to do, we should do an episode where
1: we can watch the deer hunter.
2: Don't <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have stole that. That was totally to your uh, joke brother. All right. Okay. Well, um, I'll just charge you a buck. <laughs> Royalties. Oh, such a dick. We gotta go because I'm fawning over you right now. <laughs> I need to get home. All right. Well, that's uh, that's it, boys. Till next week. All right. Till next week. Cheers. 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 <laughs> Try to have a good night.